Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and in this episode, I meet with Buster Birch. We walk and talk across the fields around Orpington, and he discusses his life as a jazz musician, a teacher, and also a creator of music for silent movies, for which he has just won an International Music Festival Audience Award at Chichester, which is a huge accolade for himself and also for jazz. If you don't know much about jazz, this is a real insight into the world of a jazz musician. And perhaps you'll learn a little bit and understand a little bit more, as I did, about the whole jazz world. When Covid hit, Buster lost his whole income. In 24 hours, nothing. Gigs were cancelled. His teaching was cancelled. And from this, Buster built himself an online presence. He taught himself Zoom, got his jazz summer school up and running within days and has since created a new teaching world for himself which literally does cast his net right across the whole world from New Zealand to Chicago to Germany and beyond. As well as this he has created a whole library of music books to help musicians whatever instrument they're playing how to improvise and certainly shows how important it is to be entrepreneurial as a musician and never give up, always look for new opportunities. I hope you enjoy this inspiring episode and perhaps your view on jazz will change as a result. Without further ado, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. In this episode, I'm here with Buster Birch in Orpington. Hello, Buster. Hello, Emma. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I'm really pleased. It's a pleasure to meet yes. with you again after quite a long time. Yeah. It's been about a year, is it? Yeah, yeah, I Probably guess. Probably about yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, so for the, for the podcast listeners, first of all, I would, should just say how I met you, which was the first time on a boat. Yes, and at the conference. At the conference SPF. of the self-publishing yeah. show. And we're, we're Sorry, going to no, walk no. and talk, I should say. Yeah. From um, from your house, we've just left yeah. your house and we're walking yeah. to the fields, farmers' fields. Where it'd be yeah, we'll go through them. the park first, and then we'll hit some fields out the back of there, and there's some lovely countryside. So it's a nice walk. Brilliant. Um, so Buster, when we first met, you yeah. had it was very exciting because you had just published. Yeah. Self-published. Oh, um, no, actually. So I just got my publishing contract with Joseph then. Ah, okay. So after this is publishing, publishing music, yeah. music books. Yes. And um, it was very, it was a real moment for you, wasn't it? It was a real yeah. sort of milestone because it yeah, was the I first guess. time you had gone into yeah. publishing music books. Yeah. Um, and it was around publishing for, for well, anybody learning a musical instrument. Yeah, the first series we did was um, called Beginner Jazz Soloing, uh, which we got on Amazon and Kindle. It's in print and downloads. Um, it's aimed at anybody who wants to learn to improvise to play jazz, starting from scratch, basically. So yeah. it literally starts from one note. The whole book only uses five notes, but the idea is there's a method that, that takes you through some sort of simple steps. And so it's about overcoming that initial fear. We're just coming down the load. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. There must be a hornet's nest or something. Oh crikey! Look at that lot. Yeah, yeah. Better keep going. <laughs> keep going. So it's really about people that are very new to improvising now and breaking that sort of initial fear, I suppose. But also giving some very clear methods to giving them a clear method to of how to learn. 
I think right. that's a really important thing that a lot of people miss when they're learning. It's not just about information. Yeah. I think, the, the, you know, to be successful when you're learning, you really need a, a clear method. And, and a good teacher is somebody that shows you how to learn, not just what to learn. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, think so that's really important. Good. Yeah, because I, I learned the piano at school yeah. and it was all about just um, learning... Doing um, it over and over again. Over and over again yeah. and learning the same pieces of music to do an exam. Right. And as a result, I don't play the piano anymore. Well, it's pretty uninspiring. So, totally uninspiring. Thing to do, isn't only it? Only one type yeah. of music, which is classical music, and it was yeah. nothing wrong with classical music. Obviously, no, I do of course love not. It. No, me but, too. But um, I think it was very restrict, a very restrictive way of learning a musical instrument because yeah. I was very much tied to um, reading notes, and if I got, I'm getting things wrong. And all, yeah, it's get, wrong. That was wrong. wrong. Do it again. Yes. I mean, that's just basically a lot of the method you get, isn't it? Which is very unhelpful, I think. You know. Yeah. So that whole style of of improvisation, uh, there was not such a thing when yeah. I was learning, anyway. Well, you know, it's come a long way, jazz education. You know, and now there's a lot of resources available for everyone. Yeah. But this particular method that I'd I'd worked on it already. You see, I ran a lot of jazz workshops. I've, you know, I'm, a, I'm a director of a jazz summer school, which is the original UK jazz summer school. It's the largest jazz summer school in the country. We have about, well, all in all, with the tutors and everyone in, it's about 120 people we have for a week, wow. a week residential course we run every year in Cardiff. Yes. We're already sold out for next summer. So, yeah. that, I mean, it's a very successful course. And I'd seen, had a lot of experience seeing the teachers uh, teach there and picked up... Uh, I mean, I've been involved with that for 18 years now. Right. So there was a lot of experience with that. I also had set up in 2017 with um, a friend of mine, Laura, we set up the B1T Jazz School for Children. So essentially what that is, it's every week I run a class at the local music centre. So, um, and it's an improvisation class. I run it like a workshop. So it's not so much like just rehearsing a band. It's yes. more about exploring and teaching the children to imp how to improvise. And then I also, at that time, was running two... We're going to go down here. Okay. Two adult evening classes as well that I set up myself. I hire the village hall. Mm -hmm. I'm I do one now regularly once a month. So I had had a lot of experience running jazz improvisation workshops, you know, more than 150, 200 workshops, probably around about that time. Yes. And what I found was there were some things that I was doing in those classes that worked really well. Right. about this idea of getting people to improvise for the first time and essentially that was what you know that series of books where that's where it came from okay. so I had this little method where I do these six steps they go through that was kind of our idea I mean it, which came off the back of partly Joseph's suggestion as well so and Joseph jo being my publisher. publisher yeah he set up the company the fundamentalchanges.com yes and I met him well, I found, I found him, I feel very privileged to have found him through the SPF show, okay. which goes back to yes, <laughs> where we started. Where we, where so, we first so met, long, exactly. long connection there, yeah. Yes, um, because cause this is the other thing. When I first met you, Buster, you, I heard about the, the, this, that you just published these books, yeah. and you were super excited about that, yeah. and that you played in a band. And, yeah. um, and then we came to see you at a number of, my partner and I, Steve, yeah. came to see That's you right. in, a, in a number of shows yeah. uh, or gigs. Uh, yeah. One was at St. Martin in the Fields. That's where, right, with the it, Cuban band. Yes, that the was, Cuban yeah. band. Latin, that was uh, Head South. Yes, yeah. that was fantastic. Band. Latin jazz, it is, yes. Latin jazz band. Yeah. And then the second time, 
think it was a year later, was at uh, Pizza Express, which is obviously very well known for That was the pheasantry, wasn't it? I think in, Chil in Chelsea, was it that one? It was, was it yes, I think it was yeah, the Chelsea yeah. one, exactly. Who was I with then? Um, you were with the guy on the piano and Joe was in, your, your wife was in playing saxophone. Uh, I can't remember. What the band I do was. Oh, that was the um, the draw tones. That the was the organ tones. thing. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the, that, the Hammond organ sort of jazz funk. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. So, but that's all I knew about you. And, I, <laughs> and even I remember at that time thinking it would be really interesting to podcast with you, podcast chat with you, walk and talk with you. Yeah. Um, about your life as a musician. Oh, thanks. And then you got in touch with me saying yeah. you've just re redone your your well, website. Yeah. Um. And I looked at it and I suddenly thought, oh my word, you've done so much, and uh, you've, you, your whole life has been music. Yes. In, in, a, in a very... Um, Playing and teaching it, basically. Yes, yeah. and, and you've won an award at the International Film Festival at well, the audience Well, that's award my recent news, yeah, I'm very pleased with, yeah, that's a little... I mean, it's very much a side project for me, BusterPlaceBuster.com yes. is... Um, I mean, I first did it about 12 years ago. I had this kind of crazy idea where I thought, uh, I, I love Buster Keaton movies, old black and white Buster Keaton films. And, um, Which and are silent movies. Silent for those movies. Who may not silent know. movies. And also, a lot of people don't realise, but we'll cut across the park. So this is park Goddington Park. Is Goddington it? Park, yes, yeah, okay. it's our local park. It's absolutely lovely here. We get a lot of dog walkers and people playing football at the weekends. Wow, but lovely big open it's space, nice isn't and it? quiet now. Yeah, it's just like a big, it's called more like a sort of heath than a park, isn't yes. it? Yes. So it hasn't got a lot of flowers, but a lot of lovely big old trees, big old trees. which I love in yeah. the middle of the park. And sort of they don't cut the grass always here, so you get this in the summer. This bit we're on now is like a sort of um, meadow. You oh, know, we get a lot of insects and yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And there's a beautiful big, I don't know what though, I love trees, but I don't know much about what they call. I think that's a Scots pine or a redwood or something. It's absolutely enormous, yeah, it's that gorgeous, one. Gorgeous, isn't it? I think it's more a Scots pine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and these ones I love as well, these sort of... Oh, they're stuff. like, um, are they cedar trees? I don't know much about trees Lovely, either. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a big old manor house here. See, this is, this oh. was the Lord of the Manor. We'll see, there's a great big house there, mm -hmm. which is now all converted into flats. And I presume this is all the land, you know. Yes. And there's a little estate there, housing estate just there, which mm -hmm. we can come back to. But now it's all the park, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, where was I? Um, so, uh, yes... Uh, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton, oh yes. So Buster plays Buster. Yeah, so, you know, those movies, and when you see them, of course, they have accompaniment for li um, live accompaniment. Usually somebody playing the piano, you know, and it's a fairly sort of bog-standard thing a lot, a lot of them do, and they you know, they play along. Yes. Which is there's a certain amount of improvisation there. They're kind of, it's not, a, it's not scored or, or fixed too much. Yeah. So that, but they do have sort of set pieces that they play for each scene, you know. Yes, yes. And I just thought, well... Why can't we play jazz? Yeah, why not? You know, yeah. So then, well, then I kind of realised pretty quickly, actually, it's quite hard to do that because we've got, my band is a quartet, um, which is my wife on saxophone, Jo Fuchs, very, very fine saxophone yes, player. Yes, she is. I, I have, I've heard her a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. great. She's, um, she get often guests, uh, she's a guest artist and a lot of things. She yes. did three whole albums of all of her own music, I mean, and she's a very serious, very accomplished musician, very accomplished in, her, musician in, yeah. in her own right. Yeah. It? And then uh, piano, bass, drums, saxophone. So it's a standard quartet. Yes. But of course, what we, what we, what we don't have is a conductor. Because okay. that's the other way you do it. So, um, because the other thing at that time, I went to see Carl Davis. I don't even know Carl, know Carl Davis. Absolutely no. incredible what he did. So he wrote all, like, all the, he did a lot of silent movie stuff. And yes. he wrote it for full orchestra. 
scored it all, yes. and then conducts it okay. live to the screening. But just, I don't know how he does it, without a click track. So he just does it, and then he conducts them in, and he does everything. <laughs> it's remarkable. He did, the, he did all the music to Napoleon. I don't even know that film. It's like seven hours long or something. You, it's like all day. You go, and I went to see it at the Barbican, and um, yeah, incredible. Anyway, so we okay. don't have a conductor. Yes. Um, which, uh, so what do you do? Well, well if, you, if, you, if you just jam along and improvise, I mean, it's okay if it's just one of you on the piano, but if there's four of you, yeah. it's kind of not going to, it's going to be quite hard to get something that comes out well. So that's when I thought, right, what we need is a click track. Yeah. So for those that don't know, this is how a lot of things are done. Like on, I, I worked, I played on a show, West End show, Blood Brothers, and a lot of shows use click tracks. Um, the same thing on this, when I worked on the ship. So the big production shows, what you have is like, it's basically like a metronome going in your headphones yes. and everyone in the band has it. Okay. And so that you all play at the same time. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah, in, in theatre pits and things like that. That's uh, very common. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, okay. very common. I always common. wondered how everybody stayed in time. Yeah, so, but you will often have a, you still have a conductor in a theatre pit. Yes. Sort of starting in and out. And sometimes they use the click for the big razzmatazz numbers where the dancers and everything's got to be spot on. Yes. But then they might not use click for sort of incidental underscore music and things like that. So they kind of use it for some of it. Yes. So anyway, I thought, well, I could make a click track. And then, essentially, what I did was I built a, I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely, this is just a ridiculous amount of, amount of work. Yeah. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's not something I can recommend anyone to do. Um, <laughs> so I made a, so I went through the whole film, I selected all the music, which is jazz music, um, modern jazz, we play bebop modern jazz. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so for me, I sort of, the basic premise I thought was a, if the music suits the mood of the scene, yes. it can be any music, right? So I didn't see any reason why we can't play modern jazz. So anyway, I've made that work. We did it, we, and we play it to click track. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we don't need a conductor. Yes. And the band, the whole thing syncs like perfectly as each scene opens and shuts oh, and closes. Okay, and, clever. And, it, and of course it's very consistent. Yes. But because we're playing modern jazz, there's a lot of soloing and improvising. Yes. But what I had to do then was create a framework within that. So the, I had to arrange all the music very carefully so that the solos take up a fixed amount of space for time. Yeah. So the, the, the musicians can still improvise within that time. And then at other times we're all playing together so it's more scored. So, you know, the combination of all that means that what you get is actually quite an effective product in the end. Because when they see the film, and they hear us playing. We, so, so we play it live. We play yes. live to the screening. And the whole thing syncs together, you know, really neatly. Which people are very impressed with, you know, so. And also it means that you could go to the show ten times and every time you go, it well, will be a different yeah, show. I guess, because yeah. it's a different jazz. Yeah, it, it's the same score, but the improvisation, obviously when they play their solo, I mean, probably... 60%, 70% the music is improvised. Yes, yes. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, it'd be a different solo and, you know. But it, yeah, it comes together very well. Mm -hmm. And people really like it. It's, it works, you know, that combination. I mean, it works. I, it was an idea I had. Yes. I didn't know if it would work. I thought it could work if you do it right. Um, and it's, you know, it comes out great. People like, so I done, then I did another whole movie mm -hmm. as well. And I thought, right, I'll try and figure it out this time. Because people often say to me, how long take? It was 350 hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is. Was the second score. 
because I kind of kept a little bit of track of the... Now, presumably someone else could probably do it quicker than that, but that's how long it took me. Yes, yes. Um, and then, you know, so we've been doing this show. This, as I say, it's very much a side project of mine, mm -hmm. just as a, for my own muse, really. But I think that's very important as a musician, you know, getting... The hardest thing about being a professional musician, I tell this to the, a lot to my students and things, is that you've got to get a balance, and this is true of all life, right? Yeah. You know, there's things you need to do, there's things yes. you have to do, and there's things you want to do, and there's things you should do, you know, and so you've got to, and you've got to make some, you've got to earn, you've got to pay the bills. Yeah. But if all you do is pay the bills, I think you can, it's, you know, the there's a lot of, the out. joy goes yeah. from it, yes. you know. And I think it's really important as a creative person, as an artist, as a musician, or whatever it is you do, you have to maintain that sense of something of why did you do it in the first place, yes. do you know what I mean? Yeah, the and pleasure. so for me, this was that kind of thing, that project. Right. It was okay. just something that I wanted to do for myself and then people liked it. So we, you know, we don't get to perform it a great deal. Uh, we were doing quite a lot and then lockdown hit, obviously that will stop. And then post lockdown, I thought, well, it'd be nice to do a few gigs again. So we did a run of gigs this year. We played the film festival again. We did it before. Yeah, and we won the um, audience award. Brilliant. Yeah, so they, the audience vote, you know, for the for the yes. screenings they like best, and uh, I mean, the Chichester Film Festival is a big, a it's big, big event. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 22 days. It's 110 movies. I think they had 30 premieres this year, and uh, the chap that's run it for a long time is Roger Gibson, and now this now his um, Walter's taken over, and, and they're great. You know, this again. You, uh, what I love about working in other disciplines, I've done this before a lot as well. You see. Really, a lot of stuff gets done by people just because they really believe in it and they're passionate about it and they want to do it. Yeah. It's not all money, is it? No, no. That all the all the kind of cool things that happen. There's always someone behind the scenes, you know, doing volunteering, put a lot of time and effort in just to make this sort of thing happen, you know. Yeah. Yes. And that and that film festival is a great example of that. I mean, I've seen that through loads of things, you know, loads of things I've done. And it shows, I think, because there's a different energy when it's something that you're doing that you're, you're doing because you want to do it yeah not because you have to do it exactly yeah. exactly yeah that's even it. though it doesn't pay the bills but it's it's the, as you say it's the balance isn't it between and also it's a community it. thing isn't it i yeah. think those sort of community events are great you know like our summer school it's one of the things that resonates most with people that sense of community you've got people all different walks of life coming together and sort of trying to deal with this difficult thing of learning to play jazz and and then put you put them in bands they've never met you know they're all at different levels and yes. somehow we all sort of get along it's a very supportive community and, and so is that something for all ages so yeah anybody could come yeah. along yeah. wanting to learn an, an instrument yeah. or do you come with a should you come with a little bit of understanding and knowledge of the instrument well i mean you, you know if you just bought the thing last week it's probably you're probably not going to get the most out of it so yeah. there's people i mean that so that course the summer school I have been involved with for 18 years, uh, involved with running it. Yeah. Yes. I, I took over from a chap called Simon Purcell, who's one of my old um, professors and mentors and friend now, who's, who's a wonderful musician and teacher who I owe a lot to. And also a chap called Dave Wickens, who's, who's a, who, who passed away sadly in 2019. He ran the course for about 35 years. The course itself has run since 1966. Really? Every okay. year, never missed a so year. So it's got a very long 50... history. Seven yeah, years. yeah. So this is the field. Uh -huh, look at it's that. lovely, isn't it? Beautiful.
And Unexpected so, uh, as well. Yeah, so we're just we're just on the edge of the park. We come out yeah. to this, yeah. and that's just all all farmland as far as you can see over there. And they've just, just harvested yeah. the, whatever it is, wheat or barley. So we're going to go up here through the woods, yep. and then through the other side, and it just goes like this to the horizon. Lovely. And then, so this is what this is the right on the green belt here, and so it's a real treat. I mean, my wife and I come out here a lot. Yeah. And lockdown, we came sort of nearly every day to Did keep you? our yeah, yeah self same. So, Buster, I'm going to take Sorry. you right the way back yeah. to um, when you started playing music and right. what got you into playing music. Was it as a young kid? Or it was my dad. It was your dad? Yeah, my dad. Yeah, bless you. So, the reason I became a musician is my dad and the reason I'm still a musician is my wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them, you know, have just given me completely, absolute support and... Uh, encouragement and love you know 100% all the way so because it's t it's been tough sometimes where you yes. sort of think oh if I'm doing the right thing you well, know I've, I've met from having the bookshop I had a yeah. lot of musicians coming yeah. in or would-be musicians and some at the start of their yeah. their career yes yeah, not and an it's, easy it's business tough out there and yeah. and some of them you know they're they they're so passionate about it they want it to be their profession as I'm yeah. sure that's yeah. how you yeah, well, I feel fortunate that I kind of figured that out pretty early, I think. But it was not an easy path because I didn't know anybody that did it. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone to sort of tell me. How, and pretty much everyone said, don't be stupid, you can't do that. You know, so I think that probably inspired me a bit more. Determination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because also you're, you're a drummer. You, like, you yes. play the drums. I play the drums. That's, That's your key yeah. instrument. I play the drums. I own a piano. Is that how you see? <laughs> <laughs> um, but why the drums? Again, is that your dad? Well, again, my so I started. I did a few instruments at school. I didn't really get on with guitar. I couldn't really. My fingers were too small. And then, and then my dad was. At, see, my dad played trumpet when he was young. And he loved music. He always does. He's still, does, you know, very passionate about music and jazz and everything. And um, when I was when I was in the womb, apparently he used to put play Miles Davis records and put the speakers on my <laughs> my mother's um, tummy. Funny. You know, yeah. So play me like Miles so Davis. Yeah, yeah, this is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so they had to come through there, and of course I love Miles Davis. You know, yeah, so. yes, who doesn't? Yeah. So um, and then I so then I tried trumpet for a bit. He got me playing trumpet, and I didn't get on very well with that. And so he said, "Why don't you try percussion? Because you'll learn rhythm and counting. That'll be good." So I went along to the school band, did a bit of percussion. Oh, I was, thought it was fantastic. You know, yeah. this wallop, crash, bang. <laughs> What's this thing? <laughs> you know, so it was just, I just thought it was. It, just brilliant you know yes. so much fun and then I started lessons at school with a guy who was uh, an old military guardsman sort of um, snare drum player he, and so it was just snare drum we just learned snare drum okay and I learned traditional grip proper like old school military playing uh, rudiments read the notes and we played in the school band we had a fantastic school band and one of the reasons I was able to do that because I got free free music lessons because when at that time my parents split up Mm -hmm. and my mum was on her own and working three jobs and we were, didn't have much money so we got free school meals and they had a thing where you could get free music lessons okay. it's all gone now Has can't it? do that anymore yeah. and so if that you know if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be here now mm -hmm. I mean it's just a very amazing, yeah it's, it? a very, I'm, it's something I'm quite sort of I'll get, I'll get quite sort of cross about when I think about it you know because that there's who else is out there you know what i mean that yeah. can't just afford to have lessons everything's now you just got to pay for it privately yeah. you know which is great i mean i've got loads of private students but if i was me now doing it then no hang on 
you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. if I had to start from scratch now at that age, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do any of it. No. I would, you know, I got, I, I had free, um, uh, my degree, my bachelor's degree was, was free. You know, I got some, I even got a small grant to help towards my accommodation. So again, that's all gone. Yeah. I just, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a pathway that would be open to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would so so. How many other people out there getting cut off? Yeah. And and I like to think you know I've paid it back. Yes. With all my teaching I've done over the years, so it's a very short-term thinking. This saving this money, I think. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. I don't want to get into <laughs> no, politics. No, I, to I totally, totally agree with you, agree with you because I mean music music is in all of us and yes. to, to various degrees exactly. of, yes. of um, appreciation and uh, as well as talent. And yes. if that is stopped. well, talent's actually got very little to do with it, I believe. Do I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard work. It's 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 dedication. It's and it's support. It's having that support at home. You know, your mm -hmm. parents sort of doing it. And you know, everything's expensive now. So if people yeah. can't afford, you know, buying an instrument, paying for lessons, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you gotta have that support to 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 help children to sort of. Pra no one wants to pray. You know, a lot of sometimes you get anyone. Oh, well, we're going to stop lessons. He wants to give up because he's not practicing anymore. It's like, well, no one wants to practice. No, <laughs> you know, no, like, exactly. It's your job. You've got to kind of sit down with them and spend a bit of time with them. I tell all my students day one, like 100% of your progress is all down to what you do in between the lessons. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, all I can do, half an hour a week, you can't learn. No. You can't learn to play an instrument half an hour a week. If you only do it when you come here, it's like, forget it, it's not going to work. You're it's not like sign, trampolining. You're showing the signpost, aren't you? Yeah, well, all, that's what I say. All I can do, do is show you what you've got to go away and learn. Yeah. And I can give you, and I can help you and coach. I'm a coach. That's what I tell them. I can coach you, but I can't, I can't make you a musician. You have to do that work. Yeah. You have to do it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you have to put the time in and it takes discipline and, and you've got to want to do it, you know, yeah. really. And the love. I, I, yeah. I think it's also the music you're playing. A lot of, um, I saw, uh, I think it's in Venezuela, they have, they're pulling young kids from the uh, Oh, that orchestra thing. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And to start you know. with, they're just playing yeah. paper instruments. They're not even playing instruments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just, it just got yeah. children off the streets. Exactly, because what's and the alternative for them? I yeah. mean, this is much better, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, that's, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, as we said, uh, I was in South Africa for quite some time. I worked, I played on a show out there, West Side Story, and we were there for about four months living out there. And uh, we went into some of the schools and absolutely unbelievable. The music the kids were making with no instruments, they had no instruments, they were just singing. Yep. And there was these choirs and there was like sort of 50 kids up there singing and moving their body, dancing, singing five part harmonies with the most incredible rhythmic complexity oh, and the, the way they moved, they moved their bodies. It was like, it was the most musical thing I'd ever seen, you yeah. know, and it was yeah, like, yeah. it was incredible. Yes. I'm thinking, crikey, imagine if they had some instruments. Yeah. You know, <laughs> amazing. No, exactly, exactly. So what, Sorry. Why, why is it that they, in, in, um, in many, like South America too and Africa, music seems to be... Well, it's cultural, isn't it? In, it's a part, they're surrounded it, by it. Is it? Is it, well, is it just sort of squashed in us? Because it's... I think, in, well, in, there's a big problem bit here. Be being told you're wrong, you're playing the wrong note rather than just... Well, also they're not exposed to it. I mean, a lot yeah. of parents, if I get a parent saying, oh, I want them to start lessons, you know, and they're like six or seven, I think it's a bit early. And I tell them the best thing you can do is take them to see a gig. Mm -hmm. Just take them out, get them to see them. Let's say, 
listen to a live orchestra. I mean, what a sound that is. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's nothing. You could get the best hi-fi system in the world with the highest quality CD, yeah. whatever. It doesn't sound anything like that. You go to a live concert, hear an orchestra. It's like, yes. okay. and a big band, you know, jazz big band. It's like, it sort of blows their hair back, you know, when the <laughs> trumpets are playing. It's just that sound, just to experience that sound, you're you right. know. I, yes. Or I'm even not... up close, you know, like a jazz, like a quartet. When you're up close, some of the gigs I used to put mm. on in the in the local um, a liberal club, we used to run a jazz club there, and it was like people said they love it because they're sitting like three feet away. Yes. And yeah. they could, and they're sort of watching us interact, and it's feel they feel like they're part of it. And so you know, some of them would bring their grandkids and kids, and it's like. They'd have that and they'd be sitting there and they'd be absolutely mesmerised. You know, you think that's the experience they need to have yeah. to inspire them to then go away and say, right, Definitely. now I want to learn an instrument. I want to get good at this. Not, oh, I'm going to do my grade exam. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. that's not a, enough, I think, <laughs> well, of an inspiration. You just reminded me when I first came to London and you know, music, having played the piano is in me anyway. And I yeah. used to go to um, the festival hall, but the tickets were so expensive I couldn't afford them. Yeah, of so I used to get the cheap seats behind the orchestra. Oh, the choir and, stalls, yeah. Oh, I used to it's love it. It's amazing, yeah. And I, I've I done that. To play the timpani. Oh, the timpani, oh, it's oh, great God. fun, the timpani, isn't Plus, it? Yeah. I was almost yeah. playing it for the timpanist. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, it was so exciting. Yeah. So I suppose that's always go for the cheap seats because sometimes the cheap seats. They get you in behind. Well, the, also, the you know, I love the ballet. I love going to see the ballet, believe mm -hmm. it or not. I mean, I'm a jazz musician. It's my, my main thing. But one of the things I love the ballet is just the music. Because opera is great. I mean, I love the full-scale production. Yes. But I like the music. I like just hearing the music and watching the dancers and things like that. And you think, and it's just so amazing that everyone is so brilliant. Everyone's at the top of it. They're just like so good. And you can get tickets for like a fiver. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then they say, oh, it's so elitist, this, you know. And then you go, well, let's go to the football then. Oh, it's 80 quid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you, yeah. can't, so you can't afford to go and see a really good production of something. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know that's, you know, obviously, I mean, it's a bit controversial, but like, I, t I don't, you know, there are, like you say, those cheap seats, yeah. it's just that experience. You kids look down, they see the orchestra and they go, wow, you know, and the whole thing, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. You know, that, that experience, they have to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to get that on their iPad. No. Never, Do you know what I mean? Never. It's not going to happen, is it? That it's the whole thing, the whole package. You know, being up in the gods, you know, yeah, the highest. And and in jazz clubs, you know, going along to Ronnie Scotts or something like that. Mm. I mean, that's not cheap. But there's loads of there's loads of jazz in local venues. I mean, most of the jazz gigs we do, most jazz clubs, regional jazz clubs, up and down the countries. I've played at hundreds of them. You know, they're all run by volunteers. The back room of a pub somewhere, a village hall, something like that. There's always something going on locally. Most nights of the week. At least once or twice a week, you'll, you'll be able to find something not too far away. Unless, obviously, if you live a very long way out of the way. But, I mean, certainly around here, there's no shortage of places to go and yeah. see things. Well, actually, that's one of my questions. So, jazz, jazz particularly, or specifically, is very much um, associated with New Orleans and oh, yeah. America rather than right. the UK. Well, and there's a whole British jazz movement, yes, which which a lot of people don't are, aren't always you know necessarily so familiar with. Yeah, you know. and how do you get more people interested in 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 that? And why is why isn't it such a big thing in this country when clearly there's so many people who are playing jazz? How how many hours left you got on your battery? Crikey, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, crikey. Is that a podcast in itself? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a series, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, 
where to start? Um, well, but, well, well, let's I, start with the question. What, what got you into playing jazz, apart from Miles Davis being played to you when you were <laughs> a, a fetus? <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a head start. Um, well, it's a good point. And now, I've, I've obviously, with my experience, so I teach a lot of adult learners, I teach a lot of kids, you know, and I've taught, taught a lot of students. I, taught, I did seven years at the Conservatoire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's taught, at, uh, at Trinity, at Larbon. Yes. I was a visiting Which professor is... there where I did seven years teaching improvisation to the, and to the degree. Based, and based in Greenwich, isn't it? Yeah, yes. at Greenwich, yes, in the old um, Naval College there. Yes. And the sta- I've got to say, the standard that the conservatory is now is, just, is really high. It's higher than I, when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the internet's got a lot to do with that. So there's a, there's a lot more resources available to now yeah now which is you know which is which is what i'm trying to do as well with my online learning program that i've got yeah um so that's great there's a lot more information out there there's a lot more facility a lot more resources apps that people can use and so they can get better better quicker but what they can't do online is play together yeah so i think that's that's another whole debate like when i was younger there was a lot more live music locally, like just yeah. in pubs, you know. Okay. I remember on a Sunday, you'd go up to Penge High Street and there'd be about four or five pubs. And it wasn't all jazz. It was a lot of it was sort of covers bands. Or there was an old guy who used to sing Frank Sinatra songs, I quite like that. And then, you know, you could, and I'd even go and sit in on a couple. Okay, so when I was like sort of 15, I'd just got my drum kit. I had a friend who was older and he'd take me along and I'd get, um, just play a tune, you know. And that, for me, that was... Yeah. I thought these old guys were the coolest things ever. Yeah. You know? yeah. I thought they were really cool, these these sort of slightly bedraggled <laughs> musicians, you know, having a nice Sunday afternoon <laughs> pint and playing music. Because I think what it was, I could see the passion that they had and the fun they were having doing it. Yes. And then you say, well, I want to be part of that. I guess that's me analysing it now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm one of them old guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the question is, are the younger, if in that case... Are the younger com- ones coming along and doing the same with you? Well, I try to, enca- I mean, obviously me running, setting up the school for kids. Sorry. So one of the things I find about jazz, like you just go back to talk about learning jazz yes. versus other, in- other types of music. So what we try to do at the jazz school for the children is, and what, what I think, what I, what I think so, so first of all, kids love it. They yeah. love improvising. It's the most natural thing to them, mm-hmm. okay, because... What you've got to do is, um, it's like they, they improvise all the time in the playground, children. They make up games, they play. But what do they do? They make up the little rules to the games. So what you do with improvising, with what we do a lot of in our group is try to get them to understand what... The, the, well, I, t- I tell them my mantra is that there's only one rule in jazz, in music. I say there's only one rule in music, and that is that there are no rules. Okay. And I quite like that, because yeah. it's a little, you know, yeah. contradiction. Um, but what there are a lot of in music is, is guidelines mm-hmm. and protocol. Yeah. So what you've got to understand about music, and this is my, the thing that I learned from playing in lots of different areas of music, different styles of music over the, my years freelancing as a player, from symphony orchestras to jazz band to shows in the West End, whatever. Um, it's the, 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 the expectations are different mm-hmm. in each context. Mm-hmm. So each different style of music. I mean, even from, when, from the moment you get the phone call to when you turn up, 
the punctuality for a start, things like this, you know, like when, when, a, when an orchestra rehearsal starts at 10, yes. that means the conductor does that, brings down their baton yes. at 10. You've got to be ready to play okay. at 10, you yeah, know. Yeah. Whereas a jazz rehearsal, you sort of stroll in with a coffee, you know, at 10 sort of thing, you know, and then get, start getting ready. So just little things like that. Now, mm. when it comes to pl actually playing the music, what I try to impress upon the students is that, I mean, jazz is a huge, a huge subject. Right? It's been around for 100 years. And over that time, it's evolved. Each new generation that came along approached the music in a new way. And what they, the basic concept is they were trying to do something new. They were trying to create new music mm -hmm. okay so when you do that you start from scratch you've got a new set of rules if you like or guidelines or protocol it's a different game we're playing yeah so when this is and again i think this is this is why a lot of let's say general public don't quite appreciate sometimes what's going on in jazz yeah and, and so i think it was winter marcellus he said great art doesn't come to you you have to go to it so there's a point at which the more you understand about what's happening, yes. the more you can appreciate exactly. what it is that you're seeing. Yes, yes. And then you're included in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 you, if you just hear this kind of weird music, you know, what's going on there, you know, then you're not really going to get a lot from it. No, no, no. So it's, it is a music that requires a sort of basic level of understanding. And, and particularly, to, and of course, to play it. So if we look at early jazz, Louis Armstrong, you know, he wasn't using the same methods and ideas in his, in his improvisation that Freddie Hubbard was, you know, in the 1960s or someone else now is, you know, like the, the, the music has evolved. Yes. So when we talk about jazz, it's like, well, which jazz? Okay. What are you talking about? Of course, Are we yes. talking Miles Davis 1954? Or even, or are we talking Miles Davis 1969? He evolved, his music changed a lot. Yes. And he's doing completely different things. So. It's different music that you're talking about. So once you realise that, and you go, okay, right, so what is it he's doing? Why does that music sound different? What is he playing that makes that music feel the way it feels? Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why do they, what's going on between them two guys there that's, they're connecting up on something, you know what I mean? So once you understand a bit more what's actually happening, yes. what it is they're doing, then when you see it happening live, you can appreciate that. Of course, yeah. But, with, but unfortunately, it's one of those things you don't really get it until you have a go at doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then it's like, and of course, the skill, skill, right? Someone with great skill makes things look easy. So it's very under, it doesn't impress you. No. And so if no. you try and do it, you go, oh, actually, hard. that's really hard. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what you find is when people learn to play jazz, they, have, they appreciate it more, of course. I mean, I guess you could say that of any music uh, to a certain extent. But once they get, they go, oh, right, I see now. I see what's going on there. Yeah, that's that. They hear more in the music. The music has multiple layers. There's a depth to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's things going on at different levels. Yeah. Which yeah. you don't get with pop music. Nothing wrong with pop music. But it's just, that's it. What you're seeing is what you're getting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing clever going on underneath. No. no. I mean, some, some pop artists were great, you know, and the... You know, that's why musicians still like playing Stevie Wonder tunes and the Beatles, because actually there is things it's happen. working on two levels yes, there yes. because the, the average person in the audience can sing along and it's a nice catchy tune. But this, then when you, when you break it down and you look at what's happening, you go, oh, that's really good, there's an extra bar there, or they've added that chord, or they've just, you know, and that's why their musicians find it more interesting to play. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they tend to keep wanting to play them songs, so they, that's why they stick around so yeah. long. I don't know, that's my theory. That's really interesting, because I know, I've forgotten his name, Bill, somebody, who, who, who basically deconstructed yeah. what an orchestra does. What was his, um, Bill uh, Bailey? 
Bill Bailey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah exactly. Well, this same so, thing works in orchestral. So is, that, is this what you're trying to do yeah, with, with, jazz, your, right. with your jazz exactly. and with your YouTube channel? Where with everything going. I do. That's yeah. my mission. It's like, if you, I'll, I'm sort of like come from it like, I love this music. I love playing it. I love everything about it. It's great. It's amazing. And I want everyone else to love it as well. And for them to love it, I think if you could just, it's not that complicated. There's just a few little things. If you just realize what's yeah. happening, you go, hey, I look, that. that's cool, isn't it? You're like, yeah, yeah. great. And then you see that switch happen with the children and the adult learners. Yes. You know, it's, it's a different, there's different needs, there are different sort of expectations, but they're basically coming at it. So, you know, that, that thing of unlocking how to, so it goes back to that idea of improvising. Yeah. It's yeah. not just information. It's like you need a little method of how to learn things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Because that was something that came up, I think, was it during the COVID period, yeah. lockdown period? that you started a YouTube yeah. channel and started well, uh, talking about jazz musicians and what they were playing. Oh, they interviews, yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I used to run a club as well at one point um, there and, and then we couldn't put the music on. So I started doing a live stream on YouTube every Friday night. Mm -hmm. I think there's 47 episodes we did. Just, yeah. Sorry, we just walked past this white pillar with the... I've no George idea what, it's something it. to do with a distance to London is it or something cap 42 I don't know been newly painted yeah whatever it is yeah and the, and the George Cross on it yeah 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 somebody must have painted that recently so now we're just going that this is a nice little country lane we like to walk down okay. and on the right you see all those fields and it's just oh, I just love it here it's so peaceful <laughs> so this is this probably nicely leads me on to um, a question lockdown. about lockdown yeah and and how that affected you and how oh, you actually yeah. because it, for many musicians oh, it terrible. was it, yeah. basically yeah they had their lifeblood pooled yeah everything yeah well everything i lost ever, all my income in 24 hours everything just and there were people like cancelling gigs that were six months away i was like hang on a minute can't we yeah. just you know give it <laughs> give it a day or two yeah um yeah i remember one day 24 hours like i lost all my gigs everything got cancelled every single gig in the book i lost all my teaching and the only so at that point prior to lockdown i was i was keeping quite busy i'm not at a salary since 1989. wow so i've been self-employed yeah. i'm in 33 years now yes and i left school in 1988 so i, was, <laughs> so I didn't have that long to get used to it so i've been i've been self-employed yeah for a long time um so you know sort of managing your money and Mm. Kind of is, is, is important, but so I was, I was, but I was doing okay. I had a couple of days teaching in a school where I'm still at now, and and I was running my workshops, my and the summer school. Of course, we couldn't run the summer school, mm -hmm. so I had to put the whole thing online. That was another whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We ended up running, I ended up running a three day course, 66 lessons, multiple simultaneous classes. I think we had like 15 classes run at once, so that was a big, I had to learn all the Zoom back-end back stuff, you know, to set this whole thing up. Yeah. But, like, yeah, we lost everything. So at that point, I was doing... I'd always been quite busy. I've always worked quite a lot. I taught. I had quite a lot of gigs, you know, like regular things. It's hard to say, but it's been a long time. But busy, for me, would have been, like, 15, 20 gigs a month. Right. You know, so I'd done that. For, you know, more than half my income was from performing. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I had a sort of, you know, 40-something percent from teaching, you know, and running the summer school. So, like... So I hadn't, I'd, I had basically no YouTube channel. I didn't really, didn't I didn't have it. a lot online. I'd never really, you know, I wasn't really after clicks and things and I didn't have a lot to sell. So at that point I just started publishing the books. Yes. We did, um, 
Because it was 2019 the books came out. Because I think that's where you, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a bit I, overlapped. That's when here, I, I met you, I think. So 2018. Okay. So this is so what happened was having taught a lot of these classes um, and workshops, I found I had a lot of handouts because I do. I go, I go nuts. I do everything. I, do. <laughs> I just generate lots and lots of material for all my students, and I built up, you know. It's your natural enthusiasm, Buster. Right? Well, I just think if there's, if you can write something down in a way that's clear, yeah, uh, it saves a lot of time in the lesson. Yes. Yeah. And also, you can give them something. You take that away because very often, I know I'm reflecting on my own learning from when I was younger. You'd be in the moment. You go, oh, yeah, I get it now, and then. Three days later, you go, what was that thing? I can't, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you've got a nice little handout yeah. that goes with it all, just look at this. This is really pretty, oh. isn't it? Isn't this lovely? It's lovely. This is, yeah, so we used to come out here, lock down and walk all around here. And anyway, so you got a little handout. So I ended up, I had all these handouts, like hundreds of sheets of paper. And I started to think there's got to be a way, a better way of distributing this without photocopying so much. So I started making all these PDFs. And then I thought, oh, maybe I can look into getting these published somewhere, you know, and then I found out about self-publishing and I found out about Apple books. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I started, I built an Apple book. Okay. And the great thing about Apple books, is, I've got to say these are really good, is you can embed all the audio and video, oh, which a lot of people okay. don't realise. They have a two gigabyte limit on a download, mm -hmm. which is a lot to download, but it's like, you can put a lot in there. Yeah. So I made these Apple books I thought this is great and I, I got completely carried away and I built this how to improvise and I started doing all my workshops off in there with all the audio files and notation and everything and backing tracks at different tempos. I think it was the, I made 1200 audio files for oh that first God. book because you've got to do it in all the keys. Of course, yeah. See my yeah, books, yeah. those books are for like so in, in, in music you've got basically four main transpositions, concert pitch, B flat, E flat and bass clef. And if you, if the notation is in all those transpositions, it covers nearly every instrument, virtually right. all the instruments. Okay. So you tend to do everything four times. So that's what I do now. All my music, all my parts, everything, four, yeah. four versions of. So anyone, any, any instrument yes. can take it and learn from it. Fantastic. So that's it, how I do everything. So it's not specific to the instrument. That's, yes. what, that's what my teaching is about. But that's it's really the core clever, of it. it's, isn't it? You're, you're making it uh, totally accessible to that's the idea. All musicians. That's the idea. Yes. It's about the idea, the, the concept. Pianist or the drummer yeah. or the It's a concept. It's, I'm yes. teaching a concept yeah. or a method yeah. or a technique. It's not. I'm not teaching any of those instruments. None yes. of my none of my books are how to play this instrument. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was enabled to, when we got the publishing deal to do the series for all the instruments. Right. Anyway, so come back to that, and then I found this Apple thing, yep. um, and I and I and I self-published. So I did this whole series, four four books. And then I thought, oh, this is great. And I did another series. And, I, and then I did another series of scales exercises, how to practice your scales. I think it's really useful. And it's in basic, I did 17 books in 18 months. You must have been yeah. on your knees, Buster. Yeah, I got really, <laughs> that's, that, that's that was tough. Yeah, I got output. a bit carried away there. I had a camp bed in my office. Did your wife actually see you at all? Though, those well, I, you know, I work from home, so she sees me in the <laughs> afternoon, you know. But um, yeah, I got really a bit carried away with that. Cup so, of tea in the kitchen. So I ended up with all this stuff. And then that's, then it hit 2019, it was Christmas Eve. And I thought, oh, I need a bit of help um, getting these out there, because I think these are great. And I've still, I still have them. If anyone goes to my website, they can get the whole lot. I think there's 17, 18 Apple books on there. And there, you, you download it, everything's embedded. Yes. Um, and I thought, I need a bit of help with this, getting these out there, you know, because I think there's something good here. And I thought, I wonder if there's a podcast 
about self-publishing where you can get some tips from and things like that because I thought I, re I suddenly realized this is a whole completely new industry that mm. I know nothing about I know quite a bit about music quite a bit about playing the drums and I can teach it you know but you've got to realize even at this level in you know I'm like 48 49 you're kind of comfortable with what you know in your career and, and you go right I'm gonna learn a whole new <laughs> a whole new industry here I don't know anything about this this is a whole new thing right <laughs> so you have to study it right so I thought I'm gonna study and try and learn as much as I can about this whole thing you know of self-publishing anyway so I, of course I stumbled the first thing self-publishing formula mm -hmm. right they were interviewing Joseph Alexander oh, wow. and I was walking down the high street yeah look it was Christmas Eve I was looking for a gift I think for the last minute present and I stopped I was, and, and they were I was listening to this guy and he was he basically done this amazing he had this amazing setup where he, he published all these books and Amazon and printed. Oh, this is I've got to, I've got to find it. I've got to reach out to this guy. So I, I got home and I wrote him an email straight away. And bless him, he replied on Christmas Eve. He was in Canada with his wife. And I said, look, I need a bit of help with these things. This is and this is what I've done so far. And I think that I tell my students this. I think this is really important. I think when you see an opportunity, or if you want to make something happen. I think there's a big difference between telling someone I can do such and such versus showing them what you've done. Yes. Yeah. And I said to him, this is what I've done. Yeah. In 18 months. Oh, at that time, I didn't think I had the laughter. It was something, there was something like, it was like 10 books in the last six months, whatever. I said, I've made all these. I've done this. This is where I'm at. I did that. This is where, how long I've been doing it. And I think he, he took one look at that and goes, well, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, huge yeah, yeah, body yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think that that's quite significant, that trigger, isn't it? Yeah, to get him. Yeah. To... You don't say, oh, "Well, I can do this. I can do that." You say, "Look at what I've done." Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's a big difference. Anyway, so he just said, "Well, why don't you write some books for us? Mm. You know, instead of me helping you with your books, yeah. Like you could, we 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 could write." And so that was that. And then January, we did a few zooms. I started writing the first book. February or March, I think it was, I went to the, I thought, well, I need to, so I was learning, I was doing loads of YouTube videos, learning all about publishing. I went to the London Book Fair mm -hmm. in March 2019, and, I, and Joseph was there to speaking, right. and Mark Dawson, yes, and yes. I met those guys, and then we went to the pub afterwards and had a pint right. in the pub, and then that's when I met all them, and then the following year was this first self-publishing show. Yes. 2020, which, which is when I met you. Yes. It's the boat trip. Yeah. My band were playing on the boat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. James, I said to James, oh, do you need a band for the show? And he said, oh, yeah, actually, you know, we could. And then Joseph was there again speaking. So by that point, we'd done our first series. We were on the second series. Yeah. And... And that's when lockdown occurred in 2020. And then lockdown here. Yeah. And lockdown here. <laughs> and I lost everything. Everything was going well. It was like, boom. Poof, the whole lot over. So that's when I realised I've got to get online more. Mm -hmm. So 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 had to park park the books a little bit, figure out all this Zoom stuff, build and and I realised you know I had no presence really online. So started working with a YouTube channel. I think I'm up to nearly 300 videos in there now. Yes. So like you know content, you got to just get all this content going. Yes. And then I started. What I did was I set up my online jazz workshops. Right. So that's when the classes start, and I did okay. one every week. Yes, yeah, yes. And so what I do is I take one tune, I transcribe it all off the record, so there's no real books or I real pro. There's these things you can get, like sort of shortcuts. I do it all from scratch off the record. I write all the band parts, I write an arrangement. I do all the handouts, 
and then I do a zoom class where I basically break it down the tune. I break it right down, yep. four bars at a time. And then we analyze what the, because uh, I transcribed some of the solos from the records as well. And then I analyze what they're playing on it. Yes. So yeah. we learn from that. So that goes back to that idea of the method. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah. using a different method. They're thinking differently, you know. And so we look and we look at lots of different recordings. And I kept that going right through lockdown one a week. And now, last year I think I went to one a month. I'm still doing it. I'm up to 68 hours of videos so, now. So at the beginning, had you any idea how what your reach was? I mean, no, who, no. Who, so you, well, I so I had. I, mean, did I you already ever had. Think that some, you were talking to nobody, or did you always? Well, know I had. That you had I had. To, so I had the summer school students. Of course, yes. You know, so there was those. I had my students who I was or adult learners who I was already running. I was running two monthly uh, jazz workshops. You know, in local yeah. village hall kind of things. Yes, yes. Um, so I had a lot, a few people on an email and kind of list. We're going to go. That. Um, and then I just built it from there. And then, of course, I also I took the. Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors course. Mm -hmm. So I was learning Facebook ads. Right. And that's the core of a lot of what I do now to reach the new people. This yeah. is what you need, right? Facebook. Yeah. So I learned face. I mean, I'm still kind of figuring some of it out, but I've got to, you know, so I started building audiences. So I had a few books. So I started running these classes. And then what I do, did was they could come to the live class, but then I film it mm -hmm. as well. So they could buy the video. Right. Afterwards, yeah. if they miss the live class. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's where I started building up a back catalogue of all the lessons. Uh -huh. So now I'm over 60 hours of lessons. Right. And so this year, what I've started doing is running a VIP membership. Mm -hmm. So they can pay, it's only £10 a month that they get. They get the, the class every month. So I'm doing it tonight. I'm on Zoom tonight. Okay. We do a live class. We do a new tune every month. And it's like a classic jazz tune, you know, yes. from, a, from a recording. And, but they also get access to the whole back catalogue. Right, right. So they've got the whole library of 60-something hours of lessons. Plus, I've also started doing now musicianship classes because I think this is the core. I was talking to this to one of my professors the other day. We were having a chat about Simon Purcell. He's a great educator. I learned so much. I still, still do from him. I think the problem with a lot of adult learners, so quite often they tend to be they've retired mm -hmm. from their career, and they used to play an instrument when they were younger and they're starting yeah. again. Yes. Or they start from scratch and yeah. they, you know, and they love jazz and they can talk all about, they know the records and that. But what they've never done is that time, Oops. sorry, it's a car. It's just a very narrow lane. It's a very narrow lane, yeah. We don't get a lot of it. <laughs> but what they're missing is, of, of, of course, what they're trying to do is catch up, you know, yeah. so they haven't, they haven't put a lot of time into instrument. Or, you know, they've got families, jobs, they don't get time to practice the adult learners. But what I find is when they do practice, I'm not sure they're practicing the right things. Ah. Uh. So what I now so run like is a week, habits, so right, just, yeah. or just like, well, prioritising. Yes. Prioritising. Yes. So there's certain skills that are more useful than others. Yes. In certain contexts of situation, if you're improvising, mm -hmm. you know, just playing a scale up and down, up and down, up and down for 20 minutes, that's not going to do you much good. No. If no. you then want to improvise. And this is what happens. People say, okay, now improvise with that scale. Well, what do I do? You know, you ha you, so, so there's other things that I do. There's exercises that we do how we break that down, which mm -hmm. are going to be more suitable yep. for improvising. So when you take that step, it's a little small step, not a great big leap. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so what I do now is I do a weekly class where they tune in on Zoom yes. yeah. and, we, and they play along with me together. So everyone's muted yeah. and I'm playing the piano. I play the piano. I teach from the piano, you know, yeah. um, and I show them the exercise. We do like a 20, 25 minute little workout once a week. And so over time, they're developing these essential skills which, which t feeds into their improvising when they come to the class, you know, hopefully that, 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 that helps a lot. 
And gives confidence as well. Yeah. So that's all part of the package that I'm doing right. now. And I've just registered a new uh, brand for that. It's learntoplayjazz.co.uk. So I saw that on your, yeah. on your amazing yeah. website, yeah. which is, <laughs> Thank you. Which is like yeah. incredible, so much on it. But, but what you, what's been very clever is that you've actually given an indication with each um, uh, subject, under each subject, right. what you're well, doing, this is very recent. what it is you're doing. Yeah. And that's really important. So yeah. people know what they're yeah. They're getting and making sure they're, they're, they're signing up to the right thing as well. Exactly. So, I mean, I had my website for a while now, busterbirch.co.uk, um, but what I had is everything, I, and I do so many different things, it's kind of a directory of all my stuff, which if you already know me and you come to and you'll, you know what you're looking for, but I've just completely redesigned, restructured the website because yeah. the problem is if people don't know me, come to my website, they don't know where to start. So now hopefully it's a lot more streamlined. And there's basically three strands to it. There's... There's stuff about me, you know, biography, what I've done, and some videos of me playing and gigs and albums. I mean, I've recorded nearly 40 albums. Really? Yeah, so there's links to the CDs there. Then there's the main strand, which is the jazz education. Yeah. So that's for anyone with any instrument. Um, and they can sign up for the, so, so like the, the basic level is they, if they just sign up, join the main list, they get some free stuff. There's a free book they get, plus they get a, a, on my email, automation they get um a little, a little lesson every week a free little video lesson mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is actually a clip from one of my video classes right so they can then click the button and get the whole class if they yeah. want to take it further or they can just watch the free lesson or, or then then they if they want to they can then sign up also to my vip which gives them the whole the whole that's the whole package the right. paid for package okay. the premium and that's stuff. the 10 pounds a month yeah okay and then the third stream is my drum stuff so i've kept that separate because there is there's different things for, for drummers on there. So I've done a whole load of resources for drummers, play along tracks, there's video lessons. There's again, you know, they can sign up, they get a free book, there's free clips and things that I send, little top tips and that. So I've got these sort of two, two streams mm -hmm. now and I've decided that to, to make it simple, I would try to brand those separately. Right. So right. there's learn to play jazz and learn, learn the drums. Those are the two. Okay streams so hopefully now when they go they can see that they can you know sign up and it's a lot clearer yes yeah, yes so going back to the lockdown you've managed to survive because you've created yeah. this but yeah. i mean obviously with both you and joe being musicians it was a double hit in a way yeah oh God, yeah. and then so, the only school i taught at the headmaster came out on day one and banned everyone from using zoom because he said oh this is a bad idea we oh, can't no. have teachers looking into people's homes and then refuse to back down. So for really? the whole of the because lockdown... Because you don't have to do that. Though. No, like Maybe the whole planet have... is using Zoom except for our school. <laughs> and he just refused to back down. And so I lost all the oh. only income I had from teaching. Gosh. So I literally had to start from scratch. Yeah. Um, which is why I got into this working on my online content. Um, because, you know, publishing books is okay, but it's quite a, it takes quite a while to see that to yeah. come back yes whereas with online it's you can start getting things out a bit quicker but it, but it was also the case that with with that uh all the pupils didn't have anywhere to go to to learn music yeah it was tough Very it was tough really tough it was quite too. traumatic so, yeah, i everybody. feel sorry for those kids who went through that period because they had no school they were doing zoom lessons and you know i had one of my students went off to university a great young lad drummer and then as soon as he got there the whole the whole college was shut he was just, just down, he was just yeah. locked in his room and he's a student accommodation, like his, you know, those little prison cell kind of rooms. With his so, drum set. With his, with his Zoom thing, you know, and yeah. that was it. And he didn't play for yeah. the whole year. You know, yeah. it, and it's like he's paying a fortune to go to this college. And so it was tough. I mean, I kept some private students. 
and then and then uh, exploring the more of the online teaching I mean some interesting things have really happened because now putting myself out there a bit more with that I got um, I mean I was telling you earlier I've got a student now in New Zealand yes that I that's give incredible. regular the lessons to the literally the other side of the world yeah. it blew my brain that did she'd <laughs> um, she'd see my trumpet book she played trumpet she'd see my trumpet book on Amazon bought it found my website went on so I did drums as well she's learning drums took drum lessons started Signed up. We did Zoom. It was the it was twenty um, first of December, so it was the winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year here, and of course it's the longest day of the year there. Yes, yeah. And it was midsummer there, and it was midwinter here, <laughs> and it's like half past nine at night. So I do it right at the end of after a very long teaching day. Oh, I try to cram it all in one day. Yes. And it's the next morning for her. Yes. And I was like, it completely blew my brain. <laughs> I think you're literally the other side of the world. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That yeah. we can do that. Yeah. In so many ways, like and 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 in. If, you know what, if the lockdown hadn't happened, I think most of my customers who are older adult learners, mm. if I'd said, oh, I found this thing called Zoom, we can do it on there, they'd probably say, oh, I can't do that. Right. but That's not for were... me. But when you say, right, you can't see your grandchildren in six months unless you learn this thing called Zoom, yeah. suddenly everybody realised, oh, I better learn this thing called Zoom. Yes. And yeah. then what that did was it unlocked it. Yeah. So yeah, now, yeah. now, I mean, some people later don't like Zoom, but it's like, it's an opportunity where we can reach and teach people. I mean, my way, like, so tonight, you know, my class on Zoom, I've got a guy in Chicago. I've got two people in uh, Germany. I've got somebody in New Zealand. I mean, it's, but it's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? And I think, it's, I think where, where it went a bit crazy for a while was the, the fear that everything would be via Zoom and you'd never ever meet again. Well, but that course, was actually, scary because we thought it's never going to come back. Yeah. I'll never be able to play a gig again. I mean, yeah. that was terrible. So for you, that must have been probably... Oh, it's awful. The, the My whole life, since 15, I started playing. 16, I was gigging from 16. Really? Yeah, yeah. 17, yeah. I was doing loads of gigs, you know. Yeah. And, then, and then here I am, 49, 50. It was, I was 50 during lockdown. And I thought, I'll never be able to play, play my music again in front and, of an and I'd never you know and then we went a whole year and a half without yeah. doing any gigs yeah and then something interesting happened afterwards now what I find now I mean that last year was fantastic it was very busy it's kind of calmed down a bit now but I, I'm very I'm a bit more um I don't know what the word is but a bit more selective about what I do now because you can because yeah. I go well if I went 18 months without playing why, why am I doing all these gigs that I don't really necessarily want to do? I mean, there wasn't a lot. I mean, I feel very fortunate. I had, I'd reached a point where I wasn't freelancing so much. So I wasn't having to, do, I wasn't relying on the playing for my money because right. I was teaching. Yeah. And, and that I'd makes got, a big difference. You know, and yeah. it's, the whole thing works like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start out, when you leave college, you've got to do everything you possibly can. You've got to say yes to everything. And I did that. And I've worked with some amazing things and some not so amazing things. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, and then, you sort of gradually sort of get known for doing certain things and it gets more selective. And, but now I can afford to sort of, so I just really enjoy the gigs now. I really enjoy everything I do. It's, it's fantastic. Look at this. Oh, gorgeous. Isn't it I mean, lovely? Just, you're surrounded yeah. by fields yeah. and yeah. Look at it. farmland everywhere. I know, I feel like, I mean, it could be like in the middle of Hampshire or something, couldn't you? And it's, it's just a little walk from the house. We've walked, we've walked all the way down there. You can go down there and across there up through that ridge line where the trees are and it comes yeah. all the way back around to where we were. Oh, fantastic. But it's like a proper farm, isn't it? It's like a proper... There's a tractor, look. And the blackberries are still... And it's so quiet, it's isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, I love gorgeous. it here. Yeah, it, you really literally are right on the, on the green belt here. 
but you can't even hear no. a lot of countryside you, you can still hear motorways yeah. whizzing Mind past. I've got headphones on because I can't yeah. hear. You can't even hear the motorway. <laughs> no. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, so now things that you know, I, so so for me the goal now is I want to try and turn the online teaching into more. I think I can grow it. I think I can build it mm -hmm. if I can get some. And and of course the great thing is with this with the sign up subscriptions, it's the same amount of work. Yeah. So I do a lot of work yeah. for each class. Yeah. But it's the same amount of work if there's ten of them or if there's a hundred of them. Yes. Yes. Tuning in, you know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any any more work for me. No. And I think I've uh, what struck me about that was there's not many businesses you can do where if you get successful, you get more busy, then usually that means there's more work to do. Yeah. But there isn't with this, it's the same amount. Yes, and, the, and also the room capacity no, it's is infinite. infinite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they can tune in to the live class, they can get the videos. And then of course, what they do on, the, on my mailing list, I send out my little uh, weekly little free lessons. And then of course, what I have is a little upsell at the bottom, mm -hmm. advertising my books. Yeah, perfect. So there's links there to, and, and then each week it's a different, book you know that I've that I've linked to and sometimes it relates to what's happening in the class so for instance there might like tonight there's a tune I'm doing tonight it's called Bags Grooves a very simple minor bl uh, blues using minor pentatonic scale which is basically what my whole first series of books is based on minor mm -hmm. pentatonic scales which is the kind of cornerstone so tonight it's like it's a very natural overlap yeah. anyone who's bought my book been through some of that stuff will find the class very much easier tonight very beneficial and equally if they do the class then when they look at the stuff in the book they're going yeah. to see oh right that was that thing he talked about and, yes. and using real live real world examples i think is really important as well so we'll listen this is miles davis and milt jackson yeah and they're playing that scale and they're doing just them same three notes that you we were just doing yes when we did our little warm-up uh, exercise yeah, yeah. yeah you yes, see yes. and then, then then they make the connection mm -hmm. they go, oh actually maybe i can do this yes yeah, yeah. I mean, you break down and look, it's just that. I mean, they do some other stuff too, but that first eight bars of their solo, it's just those three, four notes. And that's what we were doing in there, and that ties in there. You can do that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's empowering people, but, but in a different way. Well, I think it's a, com a mix of edu education, of understanding what these great artists are playing, how the music works. But then, like you say, well, it is. It's empowering them to then do, sort of, to realise that they can do it. Yes. They can do it yeah, as yeah. well. But I think you need you need structure in your learning. You yep. need clear structure, and that's what I, I, I try to do. And you need you need sort of you need it broken down. That's yes. what I do. I break it down yep. to little bits. We just look at a few bars at a time, and then we piece the whole thing together. And then by the time they get to the end of the hour, they go, "Oh, I, th I thought I was." And the number of times I said, "Oh, I never thought I'd be able to do that." He goes, "And then it worked. You know, it yeah. was actually quite manageable because of the way because of the way we learned." Yes. Yeah, the yeah. method to our learning. This is yes. what goes back to what I was saying before. So this actually, Buster, is very, it, it's very clear and very clever, and but very, a, a very simple approach, but a yeah. very clever approach. Well, it's experience. In, in terms of yeah. how you've gone about yeah. um, creating those books. Creating it's been a very much a long, a long-term strategy. This. Yeah. It's not because a quick fix. Have, you know. No, of course not. And I mean, and that that is the, the the not the lesson, but the, I suppose the key. Key uh, point to mm. to what you've what you've been doing. It's yeah. it's hard work at the front oh, end yeah. to create the structure, but in a s yeah. simple enough way that when you go in more depth, yeah, you can then exactly. say, well, this yeah. is this, but go back to here exactly. to get more information. Yeah. yeah, and and that way you're you're actually always bringing people into your exactly. into your yeah. um, 
your your uh, into your world into your jazz world. Yeah, and it's that, it's the it's what I sometimes call the reveal. Universe, you know, so we'll say. we'll do some exercises at the beginning of the class. Yeah. And then we'll do something else a bit, something else a bit, and then we'll come to the tune, and then they'll start doing that, and they go, oh, that's really different. I go, hey, man, that's what you did at the beginning. Yes. You know, I did my little kind of reveal. Yes. You've already done it, <laughs> but you didn't know it was it when you yes. did it, first yes. of all. Now you've realised, you've made, and what they've done is they've made the connection. connection. They've connected what they're doing with what they're hearing, with what they're seeing on the page, and the whole thing kind of suddenly, it kind of, they go, oh, right, yeah, that makes sense now. And like you say, I mean, for me, the thing is just generating all these resources and content. And that has been a lot, of, a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. It really is. But you know, there's other, there's worse ways to make a living. I, I you know, yeah. I, I, well, for me, I, also, I, I'm learning loads. This is lovely, isn't it? This it's tree. Gorgeous old tree. Yeah. There's a few along this. Oak. This is oak. I do know old this is an oak, oak tree. Yeah, that's old an old oak tree. tree. That's probably oh. 200, 250. What do you think? Living environment. Uh, yeah. Looks. There's a whole load of them down this down this road okay. where we're going to see. There's one at the bottom. It's got to be 300 years old if it's a day, yeah. Absolutely so, beautiful. Buster. Yeah. Because of, because of all the energy that you put into creating <laughs> all of this, first of all, do you ever feel that you've had enough of music? No, or I don't think just, I'd ever feel that, no. And, but do you ever I've, think I've had enough of some musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's what I mean, Bernard, I've been selective now. There's a few people who go, do you know what? I don't, don't think that kind of level of drama in my life anymore. I'll, I'll move on, you know. And so now, you know, and, and the thing about playing music with people, especially being in a band. See, this is what's quite interesting now. I did a lot of freelance work, yes. you know, all sorts of things. Um, but I started off when I was a kid, I was playing in bands and we were playing original music. You know, we were trying to be pop stars and we got a, we got a, a manager <laughs> and, a, and a showcase deal and, and it all kind of fell through and I realised actually that wasn't for me. But now I'm back playing in bands again and, and one, one of the main bands I do now is the Alison Rayner Quintet, ARC, A-R-Q we call it. And we've oh, yeah, been, I saw you've got a gig coming up. Yeah, we've got a gig coming up. We've, we're working, we've been together about 10 years and yeah. these... Is, I mean, they're fantastic musicians, and it's a real proper band. So it's, right. we don't have any depths. We don't do the gig if not everyone can do it. Mm -hmm. we've, and we, we're just, we've just been writing and learning a whole load of new material for our fourth album, and, and so we're, we're working. And we've done a lot. We've toured all over the UK. We did a really quite big tour in Germany, which was great. And in 2018, we won the best UK jazz band. Oh, congratulations! Parliamentary award. Fantastic. So that was very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, like that feel, I love being in a band. Yeah. I just love that feeling of playing original, and it's all original music. We go along, we play two hours of completely original music, Brilliant. Yeah. which is quite unusual in jazz clubs nowadays. I think a lot of, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I do a whole lot of other stuff as well. With my wife, we play uh, mostly what we call standards, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mainstream swing, you know, bebop standards, yeah. uh, which is, and I love that too, but I yes. love being in a band and all that, that comes with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and also it's the fact that everybody in that band, each member counts, because without one of them, yeah. it doesn't actually... Well, that's what I was going to say, which I forgot, which is, that's what's different with jazz, I think. So you can't play jazz well with someone you don't like. <laughs> I really believe that. So you can do, you can work, you can work in an orchestra <laughs> yes. or on a West End show. And I've seen people that hate each other, who sat there for 20 years next to each other, you know, play, you know, because they're paying the bills. Yeah. And because there's a seat, I'm not knocking that music, no. but essentially your job, your job is to make it sound exactly the same, same as it sounded last night. Yeah. 
and the diet before and for the last 20 years. It's, the, the key is consistency in that. And that's hard. That takes a lot of skill. Yep. A lot of skill. They're great musicians and to focus. do that. Focus, concentration. Mm. It's a whole, a whole other game, you know. And the same with the orchestras. You know, you go, you rehearse, you have a run through, and then you've got to play it. And it's got to be just like that. Yep. Now, jazz musician walks on the stage, they don't know what notes they're going to play. <laughs> right? So, so, so you have a framework and a structure. Yes. So how do you do that? Well, there's, all right, there's a language to jazz we study. I mean, God. there's a tractor, a tractor and coming. he's on his phone. And he's on his phone. He's a bit close, so be careful, yeah. <laughs> and this Pretty is what I love about jazz, and this is what I tell my students, right? I could get on a plane, and I've been to, you know, I've done this in Milan. We played in a jazz club. But you could go to Japan or somewhere, and to Tokyo, you go to the Blue Note Jazz Club, and you could get up on stage, and you could play with musicians, not only that you've never rehearsed with, never played with before, but you don't even speak the same language, right? They say, autumn leaves, autumn leaves, okay, right, right. And you can sit and you can perform in front of a con audience because all you need to know on is the, the stage. Well, you need to know the tune. I need to show the tune. This is what we do, we learn the tunes, and that's yeah. what my classes teach, yeah. the tunes, on the, my online classes. And we need to understand the style, and we need to understand, see, the, the thing is, the way we can do that, and this is what people don't realise in the audience necessarily, it comes back to what I said at the beginning, if they, if they realise what's going on, actually, yes. it's very exciting. So you've got a whole set of protocol, and there's an awful lot of communication going on, and there should be, if it's good, for good jazz to work. There's a lot of communication working together. You're listening to each other, you're playing, and there's little, there's little points in the music where it could take a turn, left mm -hmm. or right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you all know that where that point is, and also equals, everyone's equal, right? If I find out it's, I want to pick it up a bit, I could change something. Mm -hmm. And then the bass player would listen to it. Oh, yeah, I see what he did there. And he'd play something that fits. Right. And then this, you know, the piano player, she might just sort of change what she was doing based on what I was. And then, with the, whole, then the whole soloist changes. And so you all got this equal kind of part in it. Um, Duke Helens has said, jazz is democracy. That's yes. what he meant. Yeah. Okay. You know, as a drummer, you, you're not there just to sit at the back and keep time. Yeah. You have an equal right. You can change the whole music yeah. by just one thing I play. Yes. And that's what I find very exciting. Yeah. And that's happening in real time. And it's different every night, even though we play the same tunes and different musicians. So the, the combination of the musicians that you play with, the whole music's going to come out different because mm -hmm. their personality and their style. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's cooking. It's all cooking. I always use food as a great reference when I'm teaching music because you've got different ingredients. Yes. Then you've yeah, got, yeah. you know, yeah. how, how do you mix it together? How, do you, how does the chef prepare it? You know, it's like yeah. all these sort of things. So, so how the music comes out. So the person, the person is very a big part of the music. Mm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say yep. in yeah, jazz. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's not in other styles, not in other music so much because you're playing, what you're playing is a fixed part. It's been yeah. written, yeah, written yeah. down. That's what you play. Yeah, exactly. So you can't change it. That's what I found with... You can affect yeah. it. Yeah. Classical music, a great classical music, especially soloists, you know, the concertos, they can pull it around, they have a lot of input. But like rank and file, you know, you do as you're told sort of thing. But with jazz, you... you and that's fine, I'm not knocking no, that. No, no, I and I love classical music. Is, I listen to a lot of classical music. But this is what I listen to it a lot. About I don't play what, it so much. What is it about, what is it about jazz that... that yeah. That, that excites you and it's clearly yeah <laughs> i've just got the answer yeah so and if you're in the front row and you know this stuff and you're seeing what's happening you go wow do you see that thing he did there yeah. a lot of it is is just goes past in a split second and no one even noticed <laughs> there's a little moment there between the drummer and the bass player a moment between the piano player and the bass player you know all these little moments and we're all co copying it we're co we're yeah. watching each other yes and there's this whole 
kind of game that's going on. Yeah, like I was like, like trying to talk to the tell what I tell the children and the adult learners. So you've got to understand what's going on on the stage. This communication, this there's this protocol, there's this understanding that when he does that, she does this, and that makes it work, you know. So you've got to understand not just it's not just about learning to play your instrument well. You've got to understand how the music works and what is everyone else doing, yeah. you know. Like I say to my drum students, like when you practice, you need to listen to yourself. But when you play music, the moment you play music with other people, you shouldn't be listening to yourself. Mm. You've got to be listening to them. Exactly, yeah. Listening That's, is And, and realising what they do. And when he does that, you do this. And they, they're making that connection. That's the key to it, you know, mm -hmm. understanding how the music works. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's really interesting that you've, you've explained it that way because sometimes when I have gone to a, a jazz yeah. gig <laughs> and you see some suddenly <laughs> between, between them, <laughs> you, they'll smile or yes. they'll just go, right. you're like, they'll yeah. look at each other yeah. or wink. There you go. And, and that's something... 99% that, of the audience didn't even know that lost. happened. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But it's... it's yeah, that was really cool. Do you see what you did there? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's... And also it's, it just shows... It's an appreciation of each other and what That's you're it. producing. It's a team game. It's yeah. a team sport, yeah. you know, and, and, and that connection. So when you play music like that with people, you get actually, you can become quite close. It's a very interesting relationship, especially if you do it over a long period of time. Like in a band, I mean, 10 years, you know, of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking like it's a couple of hundred gigs with that sort of stuff going on. And, there's, and, it, and then when it works, when, it connect, when you get that musical empathy, it's absolutely magic, you know, yeah. it's wonderful. So it's a very interesting relationship because it's, you kind of you're so you know your colleagues and but it's a bit deeper than that i yeah. think it i think you that connection is that's why i say you feel of quite you can you can get some close sort of friendships with people but then i might not see him for five years yeah you know yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they come back oh he's, he's on the gear. oh hello man how you doing you know nice to see and we play together and he's smiling looking down on the bass you know <laughs> smiling at me and i'm smiling up and they're thinking yeah this is lovely you know this is <laughs> this is why we do it you know I mean, and then, you know, we're getting ignored by a bunch of people eating their dinner, you know, but we're, we're having a great time. <laughs> well, that's the main thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. is it the main thing? Well, as long as you're getting paid. Well, I guess, you know, yeah. But this is, with music, a lot of people listen to music to relax, to... Oh, that's to, fine. To chill out. Yeah. To, um, to just unwind. Yeah, And so course. for you, of course, it's... Yeah. You're looking at it from a very different perspective. Yeah. I so can't have background music so what, on. So what happens... Yeah. So what happens if you so you can't have it? So you don't listen to music except for background. when you're. Okay, I listen background. to it like in the car. Yeah. Um, I listen. You know, for me, I'm listening. I'm sort of. I can't help but it. It draws too much of my attention. Yes. So, so what I'm doing, I'm sort of analysing it. <laughs> okay, so we're walking up this way. We're going to stop for a bit of a break and a yeah, half a, a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> half a peanut butter sandwich. There oh. we go. Rock and roll lifestyle. I lead. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, Buster, one question I was going to ask, how about when you turn up at a gig, like, for example, you were, you were talking before we started podcasting um, about how hard it is to park. So, you, uh, oh, uh, don't your, so I don't want to I've, I've got this far and I'm not sworn. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so OK, so, but, so basically yeah. you arrive London, at a gig, you're, you're, nightmare, you're hot, Hopeless. flustered, <laughs> yeah. you're in a, possibly yeah. in a bad mood, and then you've got to play a gig. How d does that affect... How, how do you switch off from that to then play? Yeah. Or is it the act well, it's of playing easy. that actually calms you? Is it is it a stress relief when you start playing, or is it? When I when I play music, I mean, okay, so I don't know quite how best to describe it because um, it's very different. It's a very different experience depending on who I'm working with, what the gig is. I mean, I still do a bunch of different things, 
I, th I think of, to me, there's a difference between gigs and concerts. Okay, yeah. So, like, most of what I do now are concerts. Most of what I used to do are gigs. Um, so a concert, if you have a concert, basically they pay to get in and they sit down and they watch you and they listen. I mean, that's lovely. I love that. That's nice. And it's not an ego thing, because I've done loads of gigs that I've enjoyed as well. I mean, I've done some very strange things and very varied things. Um, but if you think, you know, if you, well, they've paid their money. Yeah. And it's your job to play the best you can play. I mean, that's always your job. You should always do that. So it's like they don't care if you if you had trouble parking and all. You know what I mean? You've got to kind of leave all that bit 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 behind, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to go out and perform. You've got to go on stage and perform. And so and sometimes that's hard. But I don't know. I don't know. Is that does that if it's, sort of because I, I find that sometimes, even though I don't play the piano very often now, sometimes when I'm very stressed, I'll just go and tinkle the eye. Oh, ivory. play for right. yourself, I'll play music. Play. Oh, the drums so, are great for that. So, I go up and so, bash my drums, I feel great. But it? can you, when it's, when it's a gig, well, can, it's, you still, can you still trans, a, transfer that? that I th well, I think that's where the training comes in, doesn't it? Yeah. And experience. I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, about getting nervous and things like that. I used to get very nervous playing gigs. Mm -hmm. Some gigs more than others, obviously, but like, and I, you know, sometimes you get a little adrenaline buzz now, little things, but it happens less now because, I mean, I've just done a lot more gigs now. I mean, I'm, you know, it's probably something like 3,000 gigs over 30 years. I mean, I've, I've played in more than 30 countries. Yeah. So, you know, we're touring and working on ships was a lot, a lot of that, but I mean, traveling around. Um, so obviously, you know, I always try to be very professional, always get there early. Don't be, don't be on time, be early, mm -hmm. be smart, you know, and just be respectful and be, be friendly. You know, I don't, I don't know, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's really part of it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah because yeah. everyone else has had that same stress, haven't they? And, yeah. and also perhaps more, you don't know what people are dealing with, do you? And, and also at the end of the day, we spent our lives training and going to music college and spending vast amounts of time practicing to, to, for this moment. This is yes. why we're here. You know, it's like, so it's if you don't yourself. enjoy this bit, then... What's the point? Then what is the <laughs> point? <laughs> All the rest of it's pretty miserable. So, like, you got, you got, if you can't enjoy the gig, you know, then really you're missing it, missing the point, you know. Yeah. So go and do something else. <laughs> yeah, so now, of course, now there's gigs and there's gigs, right? Sometimes you turn up and things can be not at all how they should be or or you you know you could be playing with different people who and, and i don't like that when musicians sort of get down on other musicians about their plan i think well we're here we're here it doesn't matter who's better than who it's not like that and to be honest music's a funny thing like music college can be quite competitive yes um and it takes a long time to get out of that kind of mentality but when you get and we i'm very fortunate that i've i most of the musicians i work with now are very experienced you know, like I'm still one of the youngsters, you know, so, like, and they're professional and they're fantastic players. The, the better the musician, the, generally, the more humble they are, the more nicer. They don't have big, not, certainly not jazz musicians. In my experience, I've, I've been very fortunate to play some real legendary British jazz musicians. And they don't, they don't have these egos, they don't. They just, because yeah. we're all just trying to get by, aren't we? Yeah. And yeah, they're just yeah. pleased to see. I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to be on your game. You know, of course, yeah. and sometimes you feel, oh, God, I'm <laughs> getting roasted up here. But then it's a great experience. I think, oh, I got to play with him. You know, what a great experience. Yes. Isn't that fantastic? So what has, what has been in your lifetime so far the most rewarding and also most terrifying experience? I think terrifying is the Albert Hall with the Royal Philharmonic 
orchestra. I did the Diamond Jubilee for the Queen, and it's like 7,000 people. And oh, it's fine, wow. it's not the music, yeah. but there's, in, see, this is the thing again about understanding the orchestral tradition. So it, they play very late on the beat. When the conductor conducts a downbeat, they play like half a second later. It's a whole kind of thing. They're all perfectly in time. They're absolutely spot on, the whole orchestra, 90 musicians. Now, I got hit a crash cymbal <laughs> on that moment, right? And if you're, if you're playing sort of 27th violin, I guess you could, you could mime the first note and no one had noticed. But I've got to hit that crash cymbal. And oh man, that was scary. Um, once we're in, once we're playing and I'm playing some time, yeah. it's all fine. I, yeah. I always found that pretty stressful. But because it's not something I do a lot, so it was, I never really did it enough to get comfortable with it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, sort of sometimes you get these sort of pressure moments. Yes. Recording, I used, to, I used to find that quite stressful. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you've done a few recording sessions and albums and then kind of realise how many how few people listen to it <laughs> you sort of don't oh, worry no. about it so much but no I'm just joking <laughs> it's um it well it's like anything isn't it you know what does a surgeon do on his first day you wow, know exactly it's like you after you've done a few operations you kind of I don't suppose you ever get used to it but and so and, and then a lot of you know and then there's other gigs where we just sit in the corner and everyone ignores us and that's fine and you know that's fine I have a nice little place see my friends get paid go home you know it's sort of yeah there's people doing a lot worse things to earn their living, I you know. I sometimes wonder about that. This is it, our spot. This is gorgeous? where we come for our oh, picnic. Oh, lovely. Put a little blanket there and we have our... Very nice. ...have our picnics here. So this is a good spot for if you want to stop and have a okay. cup of tea or something. Oh, we could just stop and sit and have a chat. We could, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, all right, let's do that. That's better, isn't it? We'll finish off here. Yeah, so playing, playing the gigs. You know, so again, it, it, there's lots of different types of gigs you do and different situations and sometimes it's more pressure, pressured than others. Um, sometimes the hard thing is just for me, <laughs> working on the ship was interesting. I did six months on a cruise ship, playing the show band every night. Wow. And you don't get a single night off in six months. That's very intense, isn't it? It's the repetition, because you is do it? the same yeah. thing. Like yeah. It's a ten day cruise and then you repeat it all after six months and you start <laughs> losing your mind a bit. You, you know? become a robot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why doing those shows in town, I don't know how people do it, playing every night, the same eight shows a week for 20 years, you know, exactly the same thing. I mean, it's great. I'm not knocking them. I don't, I won't, it's not a criticism. You know, they're fantastic players. But and for some people, it, it is the, it's the bread and butter, isn't it? Well, or, or is yeah. It, or is it the... It can be, kind of. I think, I think depping, freelancing, being the sub is, is sometimes the better option because you, those guys tend to do two or three different shows. Yeah. They sub on it, they do it a bit, and they don't do it too long to get, if, you're, if it's your gig and you've done it 15 years, and you know, a lot of them on their third wives, and mm. you know, they've got all this kind of payments to make, and they're kind of a bit miserable and grumpy, and it's sort of like, oh no, I wouldn't want to do that, you know. But, <laughs> um, but on the other hand, it's a, good, it's a pretty good living, I guess, you know, I don't know. But what would you, so I suppose that leads me on to asking, if you were, if you, we're giving advice to a young musician who's oh, out yeah. of college oh, and, hard, and and yeah. what would you well what I would do you say parents to ask me you know I think it's a very tough game especially now in some ways so nowadays what you've got is in my from my perspective and point of view and opinion I don't know I'm not saying this is how it is it's just what my experience is you know obviously there's a lot less opportunities for people to play now Mm -hmm. Much less, even than even from twenty years ago when I left college. Um, Do you mean in in there's just not that many gigs? gigs, gigs just, people don't have live music as much anymore. No. You know, they just wrote it off. You know, at, like particularly lockdown. Yeah. Loads of the things happened, and even I remember a big change, a sea change when the last um, 
financial crash happened, 2008, we used to, one of the, one of the things I used to do quite a bit when I was at, out of college and that was we do little office parties. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't tell you the number of strange places I've been in the city of London, <laughs> yeah. up tower blocks, off, office blocks, where I've had to load my drums in <laughs> and go up and play a gig there, you know, and they'd have a little Christmas party or an office party. You know. yeah. And then the financial crisis started and they said, no, we can't do this anymore. Can't um, afford it. Well, no, they could afford it, but we can't be seen to be spending money on this oh, stuff. Of course, okay. they, of course they can afford it. And then, of course, a few years go by and they go, well, why are we spending money on that? We don't need to do that anymore. So that all just went and it never came back. So that's Spotify taking it never over came back. No, I think it's, that's, just, that's just accountants, isn't it? It's having spreadsheets running things, saying, oh, no, we're not spending money on that anymore. It doesn't matter. Live mm. music doesn't matter. You just put a CD on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, of course, and then, of course, your whole generation come along and they've never had that, so they go, they don't miss it, right? Yeah. Then Mind you, got they this... go to these big gigs instead, don't they? Or the revival gigs. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole scene now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. These kind of, like, ghost bands and revival bands. I don't know. I mean, I, it doesn't bother... I mean, this whole pop world, people say to me, what about pop songs? I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know anything about that. It's, just, I, it's, it's an entirely different world to what I operate in. I don't really have any comment about pop music because I don't I don't I'm not involved with any of it it's all it's all like a, it's like another planet as far as I'm concerned I'm t- I'm talking about like working musicians doing real live gigs you know um, and there's there's much less of that however you've got the internet so there's the opportunity for learning yeah and, the, and you know the stand you got all these whiz kit, but the, there is a danger I think with the internet and YouTube where it becomes a novelty act you know you see people riding unicycles playing trombones and and then like eight-year-old <laughs> kids playing the drums, you know, you, go, you sort of go, it's amazing, you know. But is it, is that music? I don't know if that's music or is that just like a kind of show, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't know, we are, this is all so, kind but, of pre... But how does that, how does that, you still haven't given that young musician leaving college... Well, what I say to them, I say it's tough, it's really it's tough, tough. Yeah. and it's probably tougher now than it was when I started. So, so a lot of Just opportunities grind. where you could have said, I get orchestras, you know, there's no jobs in orchestras. They're all freelancers and there's less of them. They're all fighting for the same scraps of money, you know. Uh, shows are cutting down. You used to have mm. 18 musicians in the theatre pit. There's like three or four now. You know, so everything's sort of... And the ones that are still there, they're still fighting for the same job. You know, there's no new opportunities yep. open up there. But, but what I say to them all is this, and, this, and from my personal experience is, if you can't do anything else not because you can't but because you just can't bear to do anything else yeah then you can find a way you can carve a way you know and 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 the bottom line is you know if you want to if you're talking about making a living we've all got to do some teaching and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing you know there's a great jazz musician called Lenny Tristano he's a very famous American he was a blind piano player and he was a very avant in the avant-garde and he was a teacher and he taught a lot and he said that like you can't be a great musician until you at least include some teaching in your own being of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, by teaching. And I and I agree with that. I think I've I I think I've learned more from teaching than I've taught. Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 When I, when I think of all the study I've done to study these pieces and all the trans even now all the transcribing I do. Yeah. A number of times and a number of times I transcribe a solo of a record and you go you go that sounds great that I'm going to transcribe that and then you look at it and you go. Is that all he's doing? <laughs> that all he's... And I say to my students, like, that's all that is, you know. But look, it's the way he plays it. Yeah. It's the choices yeah. in there. He goes, it sounds great, you know. And, th- and that's amazing. So I think the teach, you know, and teaching's good. It's great. I mean, there's always, I think there'll always be some teaching. It's tough in school. I mean, kids not taking up instruments in schools now. That's on the decline. But I'm an optimist. I always think 
I think there's going to be a sort of pendulum swing. A, you know, it's just kids playing instruments. It's got to be cool again. We've had 15 years of X Factor or whatever it is, which is basically karaoke, isn't it? It's karaoke. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I mean, I'm not trying to make a statement, but I'm, I'm uh, genuinely confused why it's not just called karaoke. Because yeah. that's what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. It's karaoke's fun, you know, it's great. But it's not the same thing, you know. I think kids now don't see people playing musical instruments as much as mm. when I was young. Mm -hmm. So it's not even on their radar, you know. Yeah. So I think that needs that that if that changes, then that's helpful. But the point I'm trying to would say to them is, you can it's you, you have to have a lot of self motivation, and you have to be self you you you, you have to be quite um, entrepreneurial in your way in naturally, you know. And if you have that, and you and you you're prepared to sort of take the machete and carve your way through the jungle, yeah. You can carve your own path. You can do that. Anyone yeah. can do it. In yeah. some ways, it's never been easier. Because with the internet, look at all, you know, Facebook marketing. Learn that. That's what yeah. I tell them. Yes. If you want to yes. be a musician, learn Facebook marketing. You know, Facebook ads, learn that. Learn affiliate selling on Amazon. Do some YouTube, learn YouTube um, algorithms, you know. And why not? You know, like that's, that's if you want to try and, and if you've got something to sell, right, you've got to, you want to, you've got to, if you want to be, be in a band, you've got to get, it's really hard getting gigs. You've got to mm. get a nice video, learn video editing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like a really important it's thing. It's all the skills that surround the actual, um, playing, uh, you know, it's no one's like going to discover you. It's not like writing a book, isn't it? Oh, it yeah, isn't just about well, writing exactly. the book. It's all the other it's things the other you stuff. need to do around. And I knew that when I got into it. That's why yeah. I said I started studying everything yeah. I could. I took all those courses. I came to the conferences, you know, and the more people you meet. And the other thing, of course, is you've got to be around it. You've got to be where it is. Yeah. yeah. That's Now, that's really hard, putting yourself in the situation where you're around people that are doing it. Yes. Yes. And, you know, putting, putting, if you're working 16 hour shifts, six days a week, you can't do it, can you? You've got to find a way. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but there's a point where you go, you've got to put yourself in a position where you can have time to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If all your time is used up doing other things, it's just, and sometimes it's not possible. You've got other commitments. That's, you know, I get it. It's hard. And that's where, you know, those choices you have to make. So when you're young, you know, you've got less commitments. It's great, great time. You know, going on the cruise ships and things like that. That was a, that was a, that was a um, big commitment for six months. But it was great. I, you know, I learned a lot. I, play, I sight read on the show every night playing skip tracks. I mean, I wouldn't ever get that experience on no, land. No, no. There isn't a job I could do on land where I would do that. Yeah. The variety. Yeah. A juggler, yeah. you know, then it's a singer, then it's a concert pianist, then it's a load of dancers, and then it's a West End show, and then it's a... A, a, mus a musical novelty act, you know, and then it's a you know singer again, and you're playing all these charts every day, different charts. I mean, that was an incredible experience for me, a train mm -hmm. as a training experience. There's there's still those jobs going, so I don't know, but you got you you got to be at a certain level to get to do it. That's the thing. So. Yeah. And what has been? Does that answer? I don't it know. Does. If that did answer it, does. it. It's a sort of. No, it does. I, mean, I don't want to sound like I'm moaning and being negative because <laughs> I really don't. I think I think you can do it. I believe you can do it if you really want to. If you really feel in your heart you have to do it, and then you should do it. That's what I think. You should do that with anything, shouldn't you, really? Because Absolutely. Because life is short. You know, what's is. the point? I mean, I've met musicians and, and sometimes where it hasn't worked in one place or one where they live, they've moved and they've gone somewhere else. So they're searching to find where their, yeah, their right. tribe is. Yes, to, right. To use that phrase uh, yeah. rather loosely. Um, where they're with the kind of musicians that will help them um, mm. a, a, as well as encourage them and in a scene that that is mm. uh, th that appreciates what they're producing because everybody produces different types of 
Yeah, well, that's it. It's such a broad thing, isn't it? There's because so many different traveled. ways of doing it. Yeah. You've travelled a lot. Yeah, through well. music. I wouldn't have gone otherwise. I mean, through touring and uh, working on ships and, and touring with uh, orchestras and things and shows. and it, Yeah, it's been an amazing experience. I realise one part of the question that I asked you was, apart from what was the most scary thing, what was the, what's been the most enjoyable thing? Is there anything that stands out as being, wow, that was such a moment? Uh, stands out or I don't know but I just I mean I, I for me you know playing with some of my musical heroes like I play with Bobby Wellings at the 606 club now most you're listening probably know but he's a giant of British jazz you know John Etheridge who booked me for uh, I've worked with a couple of times um Bobby booked me for his for his band and some so and I and you know I'm I'm very privileged through the summer school to count as some friends of mine like some of the finest jazz musicians in the country you know mm -hmm. and teachers and who, who I still consider great mentors and um, I used to get terrified playing with them because we play it in the at the summer school every night you know and yeah. I have to play them you know it's <laughs> absolutely terrifying and now of course it's an absolute highlight for yeah. me to, to be yes. able to because I think you just get older you go oh whatever <laughs> it is what it is isn't it you know they're either they're gonna book me or not I'm here I'm gonna we're gonna play just enjoy it just enjoy it just play play yeah. music and then you find that they actually they're very encouraging and they they're very happy to play with you know and uh, you get you know you, you you know I feel confident I feel comfortable kind of playing with anyone now but like yeah so for me those are the sort of highlights for me but in terms of I'll tell you what what I find interesting is the um, the contrast I don't know what the word is so this is a classic example when I did one of the gigs at the Albert it was the Albert Hall it was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. it was Christmas it's the Christmas concert John Rutledge's Christmas concert the King Singers they had the organ yeah. like 120 people absolutely packed Christmas it's all these Christmas cows the next night I used to run a little jazz club in my village hall and we did our Christmas concert. We played the same tunes oh, in the wow. village hall with a, with, a, with a five piece band to about 80 people. And that was remarkable, the contrast. Yes, and yeah. I preferred the second night. <laughs> More intimate, I suppose. Yeah, it was great. It was I had a good time, you know. Yeah, and it, whereas yeah, yeah. the first night was a bit stressful. Yes, but yeah. it was like that contrast of you see different, and, and the number of places like where I've been, you go through the kitchens and you know, you see parts of you things that you, you get access yes. to things that the general public don't. Russia, I went to Russia with a band, we toured, and we got to play in the Tsar's Palace. Oh, and wow. they, in his private opera room, which he had, which had the Ruben ceiling, and they wanted to, it was a singer I was work, we were working with, and she was, she was trying to do this pop video or something, and they had this idea they were going to do it on the stage, in this little, it's like a private opera house for the for the Tsar in the right. palace, in, in uh, St. Petersburg. Petersburg. Yeah, like, no one goes in there, no. you can't go in there. You know, and I was in this room thinking, what am I doing here? You know, the number of times I've thought, what am I doing here? You know? <laughs> um, in a nice way, though, I love that. I love that sort of just seeing different people. It's different such walks a variety, life. isn't it? That you've uh, you've had a variety of yeah. of insights into into the world and seeing how people live and yeah. And in South Africa, music. we lived. We did three, four months in West Side Story. We were planning this big festival, but we were put up in a in a, a guest house with this lady just living in a spare room, you know, and we lived, it was like, it wasn't a hotel. No. So she had her son and she had a little a maid that were clean. And, you know, down the road was the shops. And so you're living like a local sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And they gave nice. us a car. I could say they'd gotten a lot of time off then. So I was driving around, just going to the local places. And you see how normal people live. I think that's the difference. You're not on holiday. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah. it can be stressful too, but we get to spend a bit of time somewhere. I like that. I like sort of seeing a bit of the other side of it, you know, not just the 
not it's not just about the gig and the show. Yeah. It's like you know, you're chatting to the chatting to the um, taxi driver. You know, picks you up on the way there and things like that. I realise I've got more in common with them people than I do <laughs> like you know. You see the likes of well, well let's not get into politics. But otherwise, the, again, the, there would be the that 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 idea that you're playing the gig, so there's almost this invisible barrier between you and the audience and particularly for the bigger gigs which is lost when you're playing the smaller right, I guess or, that's not or, or generally as you see behind the scenes like staying in a place for long enough so you get to know what it is to be a local or yeah. what it is to, to staying in people's houses I've done a lot we used to do a load of touring with Franco I used to play with a trio and we do UK sort of touring and it's just little residential and they put you up for the night and you get you know you drive up to I don't know, Yorkshire or something, you're playing the village, and they've, they've gone to a lot of trouble and they make some little food, and then you go back and you stay in their house. Mm, that's yeah. lovely, isn't it? Yeah. And then they've got you in the spare room and they make your cup of tea. It's personable and... as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. You think these people are just doing this because they love the music. Yes. And that to me, that's like, what an appreciation they're showing you. They're letting you in their house and yeah. they're making you breakfast, you know, and, and they want to chat, a little chat afterwards, yeah. you know, have a cup of tea. And, um, <laughs> You think, oh yeah, they love they love the music. They love it as much as I do. You know, mm -hmm. it's just and they wish they'd have been musicians. And they yeah. really, you know, and they and you think, oh, it's lovely. And for them, it's a privilege to have you in their house as well. To well, see, to see some you. of us, yeah, I oh. guess we have <laughs> 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 to be well behaved. No, I'm so, no, no. I I like that. I like I like meeting people. I like I like seeing those different walks of life. I like that. I've seen a bit of work when I worked on the ships. You know, I used to chat chat to the um, the Filipino staff and that I used to go down to their there's a they have a whole separate deck mm -hmm. I used to go down and I remember one one ship I was on it was when um, Manny Pacquiao was fighting um his last big fight and I was in the I was in the crew bar and it was like three o'clock in the morning and it was me and about 180 Filipinos <laughs> all 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 cheering for Manny Pacquiao you know it's really and it was like they were so passionate about this boxing <laughs> match and I remember thinking oh this is a real privilege just to be a part of that invite they invited me oh, did they? invited me because oh, I chatted yeah. to the the guy the concierge used to carry the bags in and where we were playing in the corner he'd always often look over and he like he'd smile like the music and then I got chatting and then like, a couple of times I don't know I got chatting to him and he said come down to this barn so we chat and and then he said, oh, come and watch the fight. And it was like, I thought that's a real privilege, yeah, you know. Yeah. And the other thing that I've had before, which I've always thought was really nice, is I played in a Russian band with a lot of Russian people and um, Russian friends, musicians, English, half English, half Russian, and we'd tour a lot. And then when we do a little concert, they were lovely. They'd have a lot of, there would always be like food afterwards and his wife's a dancer and then they'd all come together and, and then they'd be talking Russian and then they'd turn and talk to me in Russian. <laughs> and of course I'd just stare at them and, and they forgot. I forgot that I didn't speak Russian. Yeah, you yeah. Know. that's nice, isn't it? You felt they, you were so a part of it that they. Isn't that a compliment? That, so, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And the same thing sometimes happens with the Cuban guys when they they speak Cuban, uh, speak Spanish. Obviously, they speak Spanish. Blah, 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 you know. and, and after you know, I've been to a few parties where we want to chat and when they turn and talk to me, you know, and I just look at them, you know, and then they say, "Oh, sorry, sorry, Buster." You know. <laughs> and it's like I think that's the greatest compliment they yes. could, someone can give you, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Isn't that? It's lovely. Yeah, isn't it's lovely. It? So Buster, sorry, but off topic. Should, no, not off topic at all. Um, we should wind this up yes, of as course. we're sitting in the field because I, I think um, go back and have a cup of tea. Yeah, a cup of tea, definitely. Nice, but um, so, what's next for Buster Birch? Well, I'm trying to focus now on my online teaching um, program that I've got, the Learn to Play Jazz.co.uk, and the VIP membership there. If I can build that up a bit. And I'm, I'm spending a lot of time creating new videos and content for that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd like to try and make that more of a full-time thing for me. I think there's a, I think 
I think I can do it. I think I, I think I could do that. I think I'm getting I'm getting enough good feedback now. I get some really nice emails from people saying, "Oh, I'm so glad I found you. This is really helpful." You know, and um, it's in you know you need a bit of encouragement, don't you? Of course. When you do these things. You're just putting all this time into it. But I feel like if I could just build that up a little bit more, get a few more subscribers, I think I could. I'd be quite happy sitting there doing that, writing my books. I mean, I'm going to keep writing, and then you know, doing a few lessons and and playing playing some gigs that I choose to play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Being, you know, which I've, you know, it's kind of what I do now, really. Yeah. It's just maybe, you know, um, like I say, shift the focus a little more online. I think that's yeah. what I'm aiming at now. Because I think there's, it's a broader reach, obviously. There's more people. And it's a funny thing. It is quite a niche thing. You know, there's probably not many people in Orpington that, that, that want to learn to play jazz, you know. But when you think of the world, yeah. it's a big place, isn't yeah. it? You know, and yeah. however niche you are, um, I mean, it's not that niche. It's quite a lot of people are quite interested in it, but it's it's remarkable the the um, the reach, isn't it? The internet. I mean, I'm just it blows me away. It is. Even yes. now, it's I spend huge. a lot on Facebook ads uh, these days, and I'm trying to trying to get a bit more kind of like slicker with that and reach. But I find that it's amazing to reach people through that, to reach new people. You know, and now I feel like I've got. I feel like I've built the platform enough now. I've got enough content. I've got a really good offer. I've got enough. There's enough stuff there, enough content, which I can now feel like I'm just adding to. Yeah. The hard, the really hard work was building up. Yes. That content to the point where there was enough. It becomes an asset in itself. Like I say, sixty odd hours. Well, that's what lessons. they say, isn't it? It's all about content, isn't it? To, yeah. to draw people there and keep them there and interested yeah. as well. So, then. so now I'm spending. I think what I'm doing now is spending slightly less time creating the content I mean I'm still adding to it and more time trying to market it I guess really mm. for want mm -hmm. of a better word um, so people wanting to find find you the best way is through your website yeah busterbirch.co.uk and you're also on Facebook Facebook yeah I've got two so I split my Facebook and Instagram accounts because I realized the content for drums is very different to the content for jazz education so I've got two because <laughs> I don't like to make life easy for no, myself, but, so, but I thought it was easier for the for the you know for the students to find the stuff they want. So there's Buster Birch drums, and then there's Buster Birch jazz education. Okay, but um, yeah, everything's from your on on the website. We can click through and find. Yeah, yeah, it's all on there. They can and sign up. They can they can sign up and get their my my weekly um, new. There's a free book they can get, um, and then they get the weekly email, which is a little free lesson. And then sign into the VIP. Yeah, and then and, and if they sign up for the mailing list, you know, I think I think I've so I, so I look, I was learning a lot about um, email marketing and things. Like that. I've got all that set up. And I, I think they get about there's about six or eight months of lessons. Wow, that are that's on a, a chain lot. on yeah. an email chain. Gosh. So they'll get an email every week. Yeah, at least it's more than six months. Yeah, and they'll get a little video lesson for free. That's the free content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buster, I mean, I, I'm overwhelmed by <laughs> uh, by the amount of content and the amount of work you've put into it. I don't think I've met anybody who has produced as much as I see that you have. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a, it's you should be um, you should be very proud of what you've achieved in a very short space of time. Uh, not only that, but it's actually learning how to do it and how to produce it in. Uh, and it's, well, that's it's a difficult in business. a way that's yeah. actually figuring um, it all out. That's that's accessible but also is quality yeah. and that's important yeah I think so I mean I, you know I've been teaching a long time and I think I know you know I've got I know that 
I've done these things, I've done enough workshops and things where I know that these little methods work. If you, it, so, you know, my message is, it's, jazz is for everyone. Anyone can learn to improvise, anyone. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'd love to be able to improvise, you know, so I get, I get, I get, my customers tend to be, apart from the children, the adult learners tend to be people that love jazz and want to learn about, say, take up an instrument, or people that have always played an instrument, so they might be what they call classically trained. Well, what does that even mean? So they've done the grades, they can read very well, they can play an instrument very well, they're terrified of improvising. That's me. I'm right? that I get person. a lot of people like that, and I promise you, I promise you, I'm very gentle. I do, you know, and the thing is, you take small steps, that's yes. the key to it, and you have, to it, you have to break it down. But anyone can do it, anyone can improvise. It's not the magic dark arts, it really isn't. Um, but what you need is you need some structure learning, you need some methods and you need to start have some basic concepts. It's not, it's not about the information, it's about the process. Mm -hmm. The process of how you learn yeah. is hugely significant. It makes a big difference to you know, how, you, how, you, how you progress and whether you feel like you've achieved something. You know. um, and I think that's what I can give people because it works. You know, I've done these same methods hundreds of times to different people on different instruments from 90 years old to eight years old and you think well there's got to be something in that hasn't there definitely as a as a, <laughs> as a technique yeah. as a method yeah, yeah so so that's what i would say it's never too late you can learn anyone can learn and anyone and even you know even if you do, you're not planning to be a professional jazz musician i mean that's that's a whole other thing that stuff but you could you know by learning to play a bit understanding a bit what's going you can appreciate the music more you can see it yeah. And, and, you know, when you try to do something that takes a lot of skill, it's not until you try to do it that you appreciate somebody who's really skilled at it. You go, oh, crikey, yeah, I can yeah. see the work this yes. guy's put in or this person's put in to reach that level, to just to be able to do that and do it that well. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And then you can appreciate those, those musicians, the live music, what's happening in front of you. I think, I think the whole thing feeds into itself. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's, that's my message, you know. So the more you learn and understand about it, the more you can appreciate it and enjoy it. Yeah. And and, and unlock 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 that that kind of that feeling of of oh it's not for me. You know, it yeah. really isn't, it's for everyone. Fantastic. Well, Buster, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure walking and talking oh, with you thanks, around Emma. the green belts, uh, green yeah. belt area around Orpington. It's a lovely spot. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's really I love nice. It, yeah. Anybody's in the area, come for a walk, it's really lovely. Um, yeah. and you can also find what Buster's up to. Uh, as I said, on the busterbirch.co.uk website, and also gigs, are, are they put there? Or are they yeah, I put some of my gigs up now. I tend to, um, yeah, they'll put, they're, they're up there. They're yeah, up there, they're fantastic. Up there. So, coming up. so, to all you podcast listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you have been inspired. I certainly have. I mean, I'm a piano player, and I've been terrified of, of being able to uh, improvise, so I shall be checking out the website and you yes i'll find a way now yeah. <laughs> um yeah if you've enjoyed this episode please do share with your friends please do write a review because that's very important to help get this yeah. podcast episode out to a wider audience please do subscribe to the traveling through podcast that would be great and leave a review of course i said that already um if you want to find out what i'm up to uh you can check me out on travelingthrough.co.uk i'm on instagram mainly facebook haven't been so much but for now um i hope you're all well enjoy the rest of your week take care and thanks for listening